0: Welcome to the WTF Forum. The hosts do not give financial, legal, medical or any kind of advice. Opinions are their own. This broadcast contains foul language and dangerous ideas. If you need a trigger warning, you are in the wrong place. Now enjoy the show.
1: Dear partners and friends of... What the fuck? ...for a very cordial welcome.
2: The WTF Forum is a decentralized broadcast network with no governing body of any kind and is produced and distributed by a loosely affiliated ever-growing network of rogue independent content creators. This forum does not, will not, and shall not have any one location, feed, platform, or channel, but shall be shared and multiplied as nature dictates. If any listener of the following proceedings... Finds themselves offended, they will be asked kindly to go fuck themselves. All right, welcome to the WTF Forum. It is July 9th, 2023. And as usual, there's some weird stuff going on, so our services are still required. Uh, I am Mike the Polymath, Easy Peasy Podcast, And I will pass it to Ando.
3: Ando, Burn Babylon Burn, and the Doom Kitchen, Sharice.
4: Hi, I'm Sharice. No plugs? Nope. (laughs) Just me. All
1: right. Well, I guess I'll jump in then and let everybody know that I am the Drizzle, in case you couldn't already tell, uh, host of Grand Theft World Liberty Radio and founder of Manufacturing Reality Media and that takes us to Braden.
5: Uh, howdy, I'm Braden, uh, denizen of Childerberg and um, semi professional lunatic. <laughs>
2: oh, give yourself, Andos. give yourself some credit, man. You're a full blown lunatic, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we've got a few more folks I think that are going to jump in along the way. Um, I know for sure my friend Tom um hopefully we get rob in the house it's been a while since we've had rob and i even think we might have some some folks from the early days of the wtf forum uh liam was a maybe and wyatt was a maybe so we'll see what happens but we've got we've got you know some funny topics or at least i do um i i don't know if we want to get into the weird weirdness like right away as usual i think we should like ease into it um but i've got a a couple funny examples of just how much power the cops have anymore i don't know if you guys have seen this stuff um but i saw this video this morning and it's of a guy getting arrested for smoking a cigarette in new york city all right and apparently they made it illegal to smoke in parks right they can't make it illegal to smoke outdoors at least not yet. They would have a certain amount of resistance, but no smoking in public parks. And this guy, he was on the sidewalk right outside of one of the parks. I don't think it was um, Central Park, but either which way. Um, Let's see here.
4: Why are you arresting him? Why are You are you putting cuffs on him? Do you see this? Why are you putting cuffs on this man? He
6: asked for his identification and not have
7: a Do you want, why do, why because
8: does he need to be? He's, he's
6: violating a rule of the New Square Park. He's not in
9: the, inside he's inside the, the park.
6: What the
10: fuck is going on?
11: He's not inside the park. inside the
6: park.
11: The park. inside the park, park. 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 park, Like he's outside the park. This is the park.
2: All
7: right, he and he's not being bar. arrested. He did not he want to really give was. his identification, the so he's going to be brought
11: to the I precinct the where he's going
6: to show his identification.
11: I'm he's going
10: to have The lady even said her I'm outside the park. He's what the fuck are
12: you talking the about? The, the officials of Union Square Park, they, they told us it's a uh, curse to curse. Thank you, guys. You didn't treat me like no gentleman. You're not even treating me like a human being right now. What the fuck is wrong with you? All you want to do is shame to yourself.
8: You didn't try to have my son. Fuck you. Like that. Just like that. Yeah, just like that. Because you
11: disrespected me when you me. Why are you cuffing him? Like, it doesn't he, make any sense. He didn't sense. want to
2: give his identification. So if you don't want to give your identification, we're going to cuff you, bring you back to the prison.
9: Yeah, no because kidding. when we ask for identification, you have to us your identification.
13: Show us your
2: papers. Right? I mean, that's that's what we're looking at here. It's it's actually not... I, miss, I misspoke when I said... Uh, he was being arrested for smoking a cigarette. Truth is, he was being arrested for not showing his identification. So.
4: I wonder if they would have given him so much grief if it was marijuana.
2: Yeah, uh, probably not.
3: I was just in New York City and the whole place smells like marijuana. So (laughs) she's right. They can't
5: find a crime, so they had to make one up.
2: Right, right. Show me the man, I'll show you a crime. Um, you know, as a enjoyer of both tobacco and cannabis, I see no difference. Right, they both are pretty pungent. Uh, they both—if you smell it, you smell it. Like, there's no denying it. Like, oh, that's a cigarette. Oh, that's a joint. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, like, there, there's a reasonable case to be made for like, let's not smoke in some places but people should be allowed to smoke on the sidewalk as far as I'm concerned. Um, again, like I, I got into a bit of a debate or argument with a gal recently who I was telling a story about how I got a fine of $175 for paddling a canoe without a life jacket. <laughs> right. And oh, I always I thought, remember this. yeah, I've mentioned it before and I, I'm not going to tell the whole damn story, but the most, um, patronizing part of the whole thing was the way the cops talked to me about it. And it's the same tone that these cops are using. Like, Oh, it's, it's for your own good. Like, (laughs) you know, like it's for your safety. It's for whatever that we are going to, I don't know, take your money, take your time, put you in cuffs, whatever it is. Um, It's very much a like patronizing tone. And I, I I remember the guy basically going through this whole long spiel about how, you know, this, that, and the other, this is a safety issue when it came to the life jacket. And at the very end, he's like, we're going to have to issue a citation. And he, he made the mistake of saying, is that okay? And I said, hell no, it's not okay. You know, it's like, I, I could step out of the canoe and be waiting and do I need a life jacket if I'm like waiting in the lake? Um, you know, it's, it's the same thing with this whole, like, oh, the park is curb to curb. I don't know if you picked up on that. This guy so, is yeah, outside the uh, park.
3: That, but... That's a weird thing lately. Mm. Uh, because uh, I, I go to a lot of greyhounds and uh, it's part of my part of my job. I have to go places and occasionally it means having to get onto the dirty dog. And, um, uh, and the Greyhounds kick people off of the sidewalk for smoking cigarettes all the time. And I'm like, it's a public sidewalk. But I don't know if it's if there's something going on with it as far as being a... Uh, as far as Greyhound also being governmental. But mm. they're, they're making you go to the sidewalk across the street and things like that. So this sidewalk thing and, and the turf thing, it could have been something... You know, uh, the excuse they use for everything because of COVID, right?
2: Well, we've got a couple of new contributors Contributors here. We've got Tom, Thinking Thomas, if you will, uh, who I just did a recent episode with. And we've got Rob, Rob from Black Labs. Um, Tom, why don't you introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are, and um, just a quick little like what your show is all about.
14: Hey everybody, and uh, thanks for having me on here. Uh, I have got um, a little bit of a YouTube station thinking, Thomas, so I'm probably going to move to get my stuff over to Rumble and Odyssey, etc. Um, mm-hmm. But if I, you know, I don't know. The question, "Who am I?" is rather awkward. Um, well, for a philosopher like yourself, that that's a I dangerous.
2: Have... It's a dangerous thing to ask. You could go on for an hour with who am I.
14: Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what I try to do with my station is I'm trying to provide sort of more radical analyses of what's going on in the world. And here I'm trying to stay true to the etymology of the word radical from the Latin radix for root to get down to the fundament, because it's so easy to get stuck on the surface. And as a consequence, you know, lose the ability to keep the main thing the main thing and this is especially acute these days not just these days but you know in so far as i don't know from say like i don't know it's hard to pinpoint when exactly the shift transpired but you know we live in a world where the simulation is given more weight than the real and Mm -hmm. in light of that trying to get past appearance uh, uh, assumes a greater priority than maybe you did in previous times well there you go just in terms of a,
7: well
14: you you whatever, you more or less described there, so.
2: you more or less described the whole point of the WTF forum we're trying to get to the to the root of reality of what we can actually believe and what we just say what the fuck to um We've had another new joiner, but before we get to free and poor, let's have Black Labs say hi. Hello, everybody.
15: Uh, Don't have a podcast right now, because when you have people close to you that work in the government, you got to wait till they're off of probation before you say crazy shit. Hmm. So you can go see my old shows. You see me on here, but we're going to lay low for a little while.
2: Flying under the radar. That might be wise. Yes. Just in and case you
15: guys wonder guys wondered what made me late. This this <sighs> made me a little bit late. What are we Short looking at? Barrel. There? It is a uh hot sun blitz full auto twenty-five millimeter uh PCP air gun. Um, ported it last night and today got it up to about I think on the crony it's probably nipping about eleven hundred feet per second and uh it is exactly the same size as my ar now so uh had to shorten the barrel
2: do a bunch of mods etc what what projectile we talking bbs or pellets or actual bullets it'll it'll do slugs or pellets so yeah wow fully auto air gun how does you got a big old air tank on that thing is that what i was seeing on the yeah See, like a scuba tank. Wow, there you go. So, our, uh, our resident mad scientist here, yeah, good times.
4: Sweet,
2: I feel like you could probably talk free and porn into buying something like that off you. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, <laughs> as long as it ain't too expensive,
15: <laughs> they're pricey, they're pricey, but a lot cheaper than ammo. And a lot cheaper than being arrested because the gun cams pick you out because you're screwing around with a regular firearm.
3: Yeah, the heat signatures that pick you up.
15: Nothing picks no. us up. No. No.
3: No. 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 You're saying gun cams is in there. They pick up heat signatures whenever, like, like whenever things are going on, like what's happening right now in France. They can pick up heat signatures from when guns are going off. Same thing happening in South Chicago. All those can't, things just doesn't work. I'm saying, yeah. Whenever you say gun cams, you're talking about things that are designed to pick up whenever real guns are being shot, and nothing yes.
13: gets yes. around it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah.
6: And uh, there we go. Even
15: the projectile, <laughs> as long as as long as the subsonic, they found out. Uh, usually, it can't
2: pinpoint it very well. So, all right, free and poor. Why don't you say uh, say hi?
9: <laughs> what's going <laughs> on guys uh it's been probably what like 10 episodes since i made an appearance here on the wtf forum yeah um it's been kind of wild i moved back here to the lower 48 from alaska and it's been a hectic few months but uh i'm happy to be back happy to see Ando and mike and rob uh, i know i've been on a few episodes with them before Yeah. am not sure about the rest of you guys but i'm sure we'll get into it here shortly
2: i'm not uh, sure about be- any of it I'm not sure about any of these guys, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All the yeah, bad the, kids are here.
9: Yeah, yeah and the uh, the face covering is making a reappearance because um, uh, if you don't know, the YouTube channel has been going kind of crazy. So yeah,
2: <laughs> so you're going back to a uh, more anonymous stance here for,
9: for the time being. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I can't blame anybody that does that. Like Rob, Rob was saying, you know, especially if you've got family and you know people who may or may not have jobs in the government and stuff like that. You gotta, oh yeah, be careful. Um, but it's a damn shame, right? We shouldn't, we shouldn't have to be that careful by any means, right?
9: Yeah, oh, yeah. it's ridiculous.
2: <laughs> you know, it, it kind of sort of goes along with you know this cop topic which I thought would be a good intro topic Um, for those of you that joined later I shared a video of a guy getting arrested for smoking a cigarette on a sidewalk in New York City Um, this next one is a step further and it's a man who is getting arrested in his own home for piercing his own son's ears okay okay um, I think it's this one.
7: Look, on pat, pat, pat. Pat.
12: What are y'all doing? Why
4: are you okay. girl, Why are y'all in my house? Why are you in my asking a question.
14: you are in
9: Body
14: art without a license.
2: Guys, chill. What? I don't know if you could hear that, but he says body art without a license. Now a little bit further here he starts basically just telling the whole neighborhood what's happening.
7: Piercing
14: his son's ear without a license. Takes three cops, four cops.
7: To my house without permission, no permission,
14: they busted in my front door. This is the boy right here who he got a pierced ear by his dad. These cops busted in my door. Busted in the front door. I wanted my ears pierced.
2: Yeah, so the boy says, I wanted my ears pierced. You know, his dad pierced his ears for him, and next thing you know, the cops are
1: busting in their house. Why did they park so far away? That's like a, every yeah. time I've ever had to deal with law enforcement, especially local law enforcement, dude, they get uh, right up on the entry points.
3: They they probably like, went to the wrong house and, uh, and shot somebody's dog before they did this. <laughs> right.
15: Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got to make the rounds, you know.
4: If they wanted him to do the walk of shame through his neighborhood for the a- and
2: and that, yeah. I'm thinking this must be a really small town because they did not have much else to think about.
4: And the boy
3: sounds like a teenager.
2: Probably
15: age of consent, so it shouldn't even matter. You know?
4: Say where it was, like what state. It sounded southern. Arkansas. Mm.
2: Yeah, that's a good guess. Yeah, They're testing some shit. That's what's no, going I, on. I heard here.
3: this story before, so I, I knew it was Arkansas. <laughs>
2: oh, did you? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Like the teachers can, you know, reaffirm gender to a student, but you can't pierce your son's ear.
1: Yeah. There has to be something more behind this. Um, it's because law enforcement doesn't just go around randomly enforcing whatever laws they want to. They, they have to be given direction. Like, I would imagine in this instance, there was probably an arrest warrant involved. Maybe. I I don't know.
3: I heard that they uh, they posted it on social media
5: and then somebody called on them. Yeah. And the kid was bragging about it at school and the teacher reported it as abuse.
1: That
2: is what I kind of assume.
1: Um, Yeah. So, either that that or or acting through the direction of like CPS or something like that. Yeah.
15: It's very similar to the way that they um, use the fact that I applied for VA benefits to take away my gun rights. So same type of thing. They just overstep one
2: little extra step and then turn it into something it's not. So that's like a serious issue. Like that's been done to a lot of vets, right? Where for mm-hmm. God knows what reason the VA like puts them on a blacklist where they can't, they can't legally own firearms. And these are... Yeah. These are the people who were trained by the government to use firearms, which I don't know, hello, there might be some kind of connection there, like maybe y'all are a threat or something. Good. They,
3: <laughs> they wouldn't do anything to the doctor if he was giving his son a uh, rot pocket. So,
6: let's
7: just put it at that.
15: They pop, if he popped them in the booby hole, he wouldn't, uh, they'd
2: be like, oh, go ahead. Hey, can we join in? That'd be cool. Well, so this on this topic of like what cops are kind of doing and like somebody said sort of a trial run of sorts, this this stuff going on in France. We kind of covered it last week just a little bit, but apparently, you know, I just saw this come up and it says French cops can now secretly activate uh, phone cameras, microphones and GPS to to spy on citizens. Yes, sir. This shouldn't come as any great surprise. Um, but the way I read this is that it's not, it's not like the French version of the CIA that can do this. It's like regular old city police. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's one of these kind of things that makes me wonder either these riots were kind of fomented for the sake of doing this, or they're being, you know, opportunistic and using these riots as the excuse to roll this stuff out.
1: Okay, well, let's let's go ahead and add another little wrinkle into this particular tapestry. And that is that a few months back, folks who were paying attention might remember that they were trying to get new surveillance legislation passed in France ahead of the coming Olympic Games because mm, they thought they might need the extra security. And lo and behold here we have these riots, uh, burning down cathedrals, burning down libraries, uh, erasing history as it were. Um, so I, I don't know, are these, are these things related?
14: I, and I don't, I, 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 am inclined to believe that the, uh, just to jump in, that the riots rather than being, uh, the, the a construction of the elite uh, reflected a genuinely sort of spontaneous response on the part of the French, especially the French immigrant populations. You know, the incident involved the son of French immigrants, as I understand it. And, you know, he was first generation, seventeen year old. It, it, it's it's a relatively egregious uh, event in terms of the grotesque. An unnecessary killing of that young man. Um, uh, <clears throat> and uh, and adi- additionally, the, you know, police are police everywhere. Um, but the French police don't have the same sort of uh, record as far as um, actually killing people that uh, uh, sort of the uh, as we have here in the States. I think, like, for example, they were averaging something like, you know, somewhere between 10 and 15 shootings a year in France. And I've heard the this last is time someone else, though, they had another. I can't so, uh, what is protocol? No, I've,
2: I've heard, far, I've, I've heard similar to Ando. I think the
7: French uh,
14: police are.
2: Uh, I think there was a change um, in their sorry? in their rules. There was a change in their rules where it was now sort of like, whereas before it was not acceptable to kill a man with his back turned now they have they've basically been told if somebody flees and quote unquote poses a risk to the public they are authorized to use deadly force so that is called the rule of exigent circumstances
15: and cops will try and trick you into these situations here in the states and that's how you end up getting shot um so now it looks like the french police have the same protocols unfortunately well.
3: In this particular case, because of uh, because of that ban, you remember a few years ago, whenever the van ran into a whole bunch of people, yes. they said that if if, if somebody is fleeing a police stop in a vehicle, then they have every right to shoot. So that that's that's the weird thing that's going on here is that the law protected the cops, but then the whole government is going against the the cop that did this in this situation. Although it was the government's rule that gave the cop the, you know, the ability to do this. So this, is this is all pretty complicated.
14: Well, the thing is, you know, I mean, the, yeah, it's
1: extremely is, complicated because there yeah. are a lot of tensions that have been boiling underneath the surface in France for, you know, like the last five years. Um, this is, again, I think another situation of we have a spark that set off a powder keg and Uh, You know, uh, predators being what predators are, they saw an opportunity to take advantage of the situation to then, you know, accomplish some of the things that they want to accomplish. But wait a second, then give the French people the ability
15: to defend themselves with a firearm and let the people sort it out. All right. That's the only way it's going to stop, because Algerians and French have been going at each other left and right, and most of the time it started by the Algerians and/or whoever was brought in by Klaus Schwab and, and crew.
1: Okay, yeah, and it's no so different than things, the Hutus and the Tutsis. I, I, yeah, this is all
7: orchestra. I would have to oh.
14: sort of demur with like, that characterization of the immigration uh, the immigrant population. Right. I mean, first of all, Algeria is the the victim of French colonialism. They, you know, won their independence through a brutal war, which saw untold bloodshed on the part of the Algerians. Right. And uh, so, I mean, like, I mean, of course, there's always guilt to go around, but if you're going to like, you know, make the, we have to be clear as to who the enemy is. And the immigrant population of France or anywhere is not the enemy. Because when they have belt-fed weapons, they are the fucking enemy. There's no way around that.
10: that. They had belt-fed belt fed fucking
15: weapons, that. bro. You can't go past the that. Enemy That's it. Not, it's a war.
14: It's a war. I'm not talking about the, well, the, the, the... Whom are you identifying as the enemy? Just so I'm clear and understand what you're saying.
15: Obviously, the Algerians. Whom because in this case, they were welcomed immigrants. into what supposedly that is, was uh, that is a ridiculous. reconciliatory immigration setup. They come in, and the next thing you know, they're burning down entire parts of cities. And they're using heavy weapons. I mean, the only thing they didn't have was
14: tanks. What the hell? I and I'm not saying it's even their fault. What, I, what I'm also, saying is... It's, it's, it's also... You know, not. I am not inclined to see a rioting population as as the problem. I'm more inclined to see the structures and the elite authorities who instigate uprisings as the problem right you guys when there's a the gun uh, in your face that's the problem like, you know, it doesn't matter
15: who's gun. further up the chain it don't matter if you're in a box you're in a box it's game over okay these people have no other way to deal with it okay and they shouldn't have to die because the elites are staging this shit okay you got to deal with triage you deal with what's most important and what's in front of your face we can talk all this high elevated bullshit about fucking elites later All right, let's deal with the situation on the ground first, okay? Because that's not going to bring anybody back. They took one person and they made it into 50, 100. Bullshit. That's bullshit, okay? And you could go both sides all you want. But you know what? Again, when I see people marching with fucking belt fed weapons, there's a problem. There's a big problem. And you got to put out that fire first, no pun intended.
2: I have heard, I mean,
8: I haven't so seen a lot of
14: the I don't believe gonna... that the, the, the French people have the armed resources that you're suggesting that they did have. And if you uh, identified actual people having these intense armaments, then in my view, they're likely uh, provocateur insertions from French intelligence or something to that effect. Now I don't or know. Israeli that. intelligence fair, to enough. Do more fair enough. Fair enough. or that there's certainly another certainly another contender there, you know. Um, real as quick far as you potential guys. malefactors. I just want to emphasize quick. that I'm sorry. Go on.
3: The have you guys ever heard of the Kalergi plan?
13: Okay. This is it.
3: So the the uh, European not, Union was founded by by right uh, I'll explain it to you later, but the European Union was founded by clergy and the European Union determines the refugee situation. Now, if you take a country that has had a, a conflict with France for a very long time, they were a colony almost a hundred years ago. And they've had a conflict for a really, really long time. And you start dumping, quote, refugees into that country you are eventually going to get something like this this is an intended result by people that are trying to destabilize european countries the european union is basically designed to destroy europe and that that's what's going on here
1: yeah it'd be like if you started flooding the united states with iraqis and afghans right now syrians don't forget those folks
15: yeah and chinese uh, from the southern Somalis. border um, yeah,
4: who's facilitating the weapons towards them? In That's
15: of- the problem. The only way you're going to find out is if you fight back, you nail them down, and then start taking people in the dark rooms. The That's the off. only way you find out. It, it's sad. I'm sorry. Okay, but we ain't going to be able to fight the elites. We got to go from the bottom up. I mean,
14: I really have to just. I'm so sorry to be contrarian, but I have to sort of very sharply disagree with that suggestion. I think what's really important is to become absolutely clear as to who the enemies are. And you can make a distinction between, if you like, uh, vertical conflict and horizontal (laughs) conflict. The vertical conflict is, uh, to use a sort of more colloquial uh, terming, the 99% versus the 1%. The 1% is the enemy here. And then there's horizontal conflict. In other words, what's happening is if we become hypnotized by rhetoric that suggests, oh, it's the Mexicans or it's the Syrians or it's the Iraqi or it's the Algerians or the Moroccans or whatever, we're losing touch with the reality that these people are suffering in the same circumstances that we're suffering and we do not need to indulge that impression. The people that need to be imposed live in Washington and Moscow and Tokyo and what have you or New York City. These are the people, the people at the top, the people who are sociopathologically hoarding billions and trillions of dollars. Okay, how about you
3: go convince all all these people to to stop trying to destroy the cultures that, that they're being dumped into? Go convince them. Because the thing is they're still at war with us and you know the, the regular people of these countries. They don't they don't even know this elite game. They're being used as as pawns and tools by the elite and they have been for ages. And where where does George Soros' foundation sit in this French situation?
7: Because this is
3: this is very common for him in and setting up color revolutions in countries. He does this all the time.
1: Yeah, and I would once actually once the fireworks, that you usually places. know it's a Soros observation. Sorry yeah. about like that. Good. Yeah, and you actually want to go to like New York, uh, City of London, and Geneva, because that's where the real power actually lies. It's it's not in uh, Washington D.C. It's it's not in regular London. It's in City of yeah, London because just... it's about the money.
4: They're obviously taking these refugees that they know are going to be a conflict with the demographic that is in that country to destabilize. So if we stopped bringing these people in, maybe they would stop fighting each other. And then that would get to the elites.
15: Questioning this, even questioning what we're doing here is considered anti-Semitism. You know that, right? They're gonna paint you with racism, anti-Semitism, and they have the facilities and the media to do that. So you can't you can't just go and say these highfalutin things and expect something to happen. They're gonna ruin you on the way up. Okay, you'll never make it to the top of the castle.
7: And if you're dead, you're definitely not
14: going to.
2: So I'm inclined to um so the ultimate shift.
14: success okay
2: Go, well I was, I was, I was if to you want if you finish your that. finish your thought tom finish your thought this is related but different
14: my, my 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 thought is that the actual victory over these awful people the worst kind of people like bill gates and george soros and and that Carl Schwab and those people isn't going to be a military victory. It's going to be a cultural victory where we learn that we can actually trust ourselves as human beings to trust each other. And because that is my assessment of the context in which we find ourselves, I have to stand opposed to any kind of rhetoric, which is just going to uh subsume a whole essentially oppressed population under one flag and then identify them as the enemy. Cause I think there, there's far more in common between the poor people of Algeria and the poor people and middle-class people of France than, than that is being implied by the general conversation. That, that, and I'll end my point there,
2: I'll, I'll say, I think there's a, um, there's there's a point to be made where it's 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 true that the identi- identity politics are being waged against all of us, but we also can't ignore like the cultural uh, tensions that already exist. I mean, there are, there's tension between the Christians and the Muslims and the Jews. There's tension between the United States and Mexico. There's tension all over the world. And it's not really—I um, don't know—it's all multifactorial. But I think this clip kind of applies in that apparently, like speed cameras are racist now. I found this. This is Chicago, and you know, I don't think I'll play the whole thing. Um, something that kind of comes up late in the clip that I don't think we'll get to, but I found interesting is that apparently the residents of Chicago are the most feed and find in the United States of America on average um and particularly apparently in low income minority communities with these speed cameras now i have a hard time knowing how a camera can be racist but we can we can right. p- we can, can pick, pick this apart
12: minute, we'll
2: we'll play the clip first and then we'll we'll get we'll pick it apart
15: slowing down to go by automated speed cameras cities across the country have used them for decades and today date- Nearly 200 communities have them in place, but critics say that in places like Chicago, the tickets and fines they generate disproportionately fall on black and brown residents.
10: Economics correspondent Paul Solman has our report. An open road in black South Chicago. This is another example of an arterial street with terrible infrastructure that encourages people to speed. And at the same time, has cameras that send out tickets automatically, points out Obai Reed, Chicago traffic reform activist. The infrastructure is horrible in our neighborhoods, potholes, uh, multi-lane streets, uh, highways, entrance uh, and exit ramps, uh, arterial streets like Stony Island, Ashland. And speaking of Ashland, the speeds on this avenue, says garage owner Shea Sumter, are sometimes least. 60 to 70 miles an hour. Really? It's like a highway. Truth be told, if I weren't here for a story on speeding fines, I'd probably be cruising at around 40 myself. Good thing I wasn't. Hairdresser Daira Brooks, who runs a salon next to Shea Sumter's garage, had no such reminder. I got a speed ticket. I was going like 35, 36. In a 30 mile an hour zone. And then. I
0: never received any tickets in the mail that next Friday. I had a boot on my truck.
10: (laughs) Chicago introduced automated speed cameras in 2013. The fine, $35 for going 10 miles an hour over the limit. But in 2021, the threshold was cut to six miles an hour over. Chicago has since raked in an extra $120 million, paid mostly, according to ProPublica, by drivers of color. The program was rolled out um, under the auspices that it was all about public safety. City Council member Anthony Beal represents the city's largely Black Ninth Ward. We've learned that it's not about public safety, that the entire system is about generating revenue. You're an alderman. The city does need money, right? The city does need money, but if we're going to generate revenue, it needs to be off the backs of the entire city of Chicago and not targeted towards the Black and brown communities where the people are hurting the most. I've had residents go to the grocery store. They got a ticket going to the grocery store, and they got a ticket going home from the grocery store.
2: Those are the Any thoughts up to this point? <laughs> this is what I was talking
1: about. Well, right here. There's
14: several things this. going on here. Um,
2: no,
15: there's several things sorry. is there's a lot going on. Race here. is applied to everything across the board. We have no more uh personal responsibility in
14: anything? No okay. cool. Cool. All right. Get, I mean this, Sorry, on the you way can back. please raise your point. I'm sorry.
2: You know, just just uh, to just to clarify, I think Tom has a bit of a delay on his end, so that might explain some of oh. the difficulties. Um, just so we all know,
14: I'm sorry about that. Uh, so thank you for your patience. In that connection, I was. Uh, going to say that what's interesting about this story is that within it, you have several um, distinct questions as to what's wrong with our society sort of nice, not nicely, but sort of unfolded together. So you said, so why is it that you can make the case that these traffic cameras are, quote unquote, racist? Well, I would say that there's two major factors going on here. One has to do with the concentration of the uh, so-called um, traffic cameras. And due as I heard the story, due to the manner in which the funding was allocated, there is an unusual concentration of those traffic cameras in communities of color. So just in virtue of having a higher concentration of a surveillance mechanism in this vicinity, the people in that vicinity are going to suffer disproportionately as a consequence. So this, of course, reflects a deep history of how, within all American cities, of how segregation sort of asserted itself in and along uh, you know, territorial lines. And it but I, you know like i could go on a tangent there should we, but I won't. The should, we mention,
2: thing- should we mention the fact that the police were essentially um started as like the runaway slave um mm. units right and that a <laughs> yeah. big a big part of their job historically like just objectively like speaking has been to manage the black population in general um i mean and bondsmen white people too were involved in that so let's not fool
15: ourselves you walk out on your bond the police will come and get you sure
6: Um, so I I
2: I can agree with your sentiment Thomas in that these are already the most policed parts of the city more than likely by nature of the way things just are
14: and then I just well I don't know this may or may not pertain to this story but what is a fact is that visual uh, recognition software, when integrated into things like this, tends to identify people with darker skin, colors, uh, and so forth uh, in a a seemingly prejudicial fashion. And that has to do with the manner in which the code has latently uh, applied racist criteria to the analysis of human physiognomy. And it, that's not necessarily that the people set out to do it. It just has to do with how they, quote, unquote, train AI. The training AI r- r- relies on, I don't even like using that language because it's metaphorical. A machine can't actually be trained. But what they do is they just run you know, a series of images across the machine millions and millions of times and if the vast majority of those images are going to be showing Caucasian people, then you end up just as a result of that process with a racist machine.
2: Okay. Well, so <laughs> these are not
14: built, these, so into these, AI. Right.
2: These are not facial recognition. So
14: the machine. Um,
2: this is different. This is a yeah, this is a speed motion sensors. This is a motion sensor camera. This yeah. is a speed sensor camera. This of course, is,
14: then of course, there's the broader problem of you know how like they shouldn't be any traffic laws or very few. Because well, that, and I'll, anyway, I'll I'm all about that argument. Well, yeah, let's go there. Hold 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 on,
1: because so, like at the very beginning uh, of the video, uh, there was a point that was made that nobody has touched on yet, and that is how does bad infrastructure cause people to speed?
2: Yeah, I
15: I
1: noticed. Should that make that you too. slower.
15: Yeah, well, Should yeah. be slower right? so you don't crash, right? But want to hit hard. Hey, I guess potholes chase you down the street and shit. I don't uh, know. Maybe they hate black people, too. I don't know.
4: <laughs> They're shooting guns in the middle of Chicago at
14: people to speed up. I think there's, <laughs> much,
15: there's <laughs> multiple... You know, that there, is real. So, that is a
14: real thing in Chicago. I, mean, I, can, yeah. I can respond. I have a response to that. And also... Like, I do have a response eight- to that in terms of...
2: Uh, Go ahead, Tom. We're
14: listening. I, I feel... Uh, I mean, so, you know, there's roads kind of have a natural speed, right? We all drive. So I'm sure you sort of know what I mean by that, but a lot of times the post that the natural speed of a road will be different than the posted speed limit. And this is basically the predicate upon which all speed traps are built, right? You're going down a road and the this limit is 45 and then they change it abruptly to 25. Without any real in, indication that that's going to happen. And then they got you. OK, so if you have street design where there's a discontinuity between uh, the natural sort of pace, which a thoroughfare is going to allow, and then the limits which are imposed by the municipality, then you're going to have a net within which people can be illegitimately snatched. So that's the answer to your question how infrastructure. Can create a tension between the actual driving behavior of people and what they officially allow.
15: Well, let me pop in here about this. Redflex got weird in trouble.
14: too, where like they place stop signs and, and traffic lights or whatever. So. Yes,
15: so Redflex got in trouble I, for not, this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because what they were doing is they they were uh, basically putting the speed cameras. Right next to a transition and to be able to transition from say 55 to 35, you would literally have to lock the brakes up and you still would get hit by the speed camera the problem is these third-party companies that they're having come in sign these contracts with these crooked ass neighborhood city council members probably the same damn one who's complaining about it in there signed off on the thing and Mm. didn't read the fine print as to how these would be implemented so now what you do is you have a situation where Physics is racist. And the reason I say this is because they make it impossible to comply. And why aren't these same black leaders out there looking through the infrastructure and the uh, roads and highway manual and timing what it takes from this transition of speed to the actual camera taking your picture because then they could fight it and throw them out of the neighborhood. The problem is they're making money too. I'm sure they got kickbacks. They're told to shut the hell up, leave it alone, and just complain more. And that happens over and over in Chicago. I'm from there. I've been shook down by those people. My family's been shook down by those people. And that is how that place runs. So to pretend like this is a race issue is complete bullshit it's
1: pimping that's what it is that they call it a machine because it has been in place in that specific location for way more than a hundred years
15: amen
3: so the daily
15: machine and it goes on and on
13: correct you know
3: I, i drive for a living and i get notices that there's speed cameras in the area occasionally uh the thing is i'm never speeding and the reason i'm never speeding is if i get in trouble for speeding i'm putting my job in jeopardy now this is a situation of a and i don't like surveillance but it it takes the subjectivity out of a stop right this is objective this is designed to be a motion sensor and whoever is going fast is getting the ticket in the mail it's it goes by their plate well guess what it's the people that are that are doing it that are getting targeted and they're complaining that it's racist well one thing this is in their neighborhood because the grifting politician that they elected is like ooh, cool more money so you know there, there's that there's that factor but at the same time you know if you don't want to get a ticket you don't speak i
6: mean it's pretty simple
2: it's it's another form of revenue generation it's the same as me getting a fine for paddling a canoe without a life jacket it's the same as seatbelt policies and you know phone in the car policies and i can i can respect the argument that there might be a racial component or a cultural component to sort of where this stuff gets enforced how it gets enforced but what what upsets me about this clip is the Insinuation that the camera itself is racist, like that's such an, a gross oversimplification, and it's just factually untrue. Do you
15: want to watch the US? Also, oh, I mean, if, when you look at it, sorry, go ahead, Tom's.
14: Oh, I was just going to say that. I mean, I don't think that the the headline is composed to literally suggest that the camera is racist. It's just sort of more like a, uh, it's a catchy way of putting you, you know, it's into the story, you know, like, Oh, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's an elision, right? It's not intended as a literal proposition, though. It connects to certain realities, you know, like, We've talked about the concentration, the distribution of those cameras, and so forth. I also have to say that I'm going to side with the speeder every time. Okay. So let's not shame people for going 50 or 40 or something like that. The whole system is. Wait, who's shaming? Hold hold on. Who's shaming them? Hold on. on.
15: (laughs) What the hell's that? Just pay your bill. You don't need any shame behind (laughs) that. What is that?
14: No, you shouldn't have to pay a ticket, okay? And and it's a problem with the 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 fact that it's better not to have a speed limit because context overrules formal rule or formal rules, right? The question is, what's appropriate in the context? If you come to a traffic, if you come to an intersection, this is this is something I talk about with people all the time, right? You come to a red light, you full stop, fine, and there's nobody coming either way untrammeled view so it's not a situation where your visibility is occluded there's really no rational reason why you shouldn't just go you stopped you can't you know there's nobody coming just go but obviously if you do that if you go then you're going to probably procure some sort of fine all right if there's a cop in the vicinity or what have you all right but the point of the example is that rules are fine as rules of thumb, but all rules are only rules of thumb. And then we should have as free and intelligent beings the capacity to exercise our intelligent, intelligence and respond to the situation which is in front of us, not against some sort of stock set of formula, but in terms of what's actually appropriate in that circumstance and what that circumstance permits. That's why if you go out west, there are roads where you can go like 90 miles an hour without uh without you know or the, the, the autobahn you can go 150 miles an hour Not anymore. Go to, uh,
15: the, they got planes you know, up well, now and they're just sending but, you tickets from a goddamn plane so you can't do that here even in new mexico one of the least populous states in the country
2: you can't even do that wow. anymore mm-hmm.
15: i, I mean it's bad
14: that specifically but, but yeah you it's got the it. yeah.
2: it's the principle it's the principle of no they victim no victim no crime right? No victim, no crime, which is why I gave the cop who gave, you know, the DNR officer who gave me that fine for not having a life jacket, such a hard time. Cause clearly it's such a silly thing to take somebody's money when they've put nobody in any kind of danger. They've, they've harmed nobody in any conceivable way. Um, you know, I'm inclined to maybe just say enough, like we could move to the next thing. Part of me wants to play the rest of this, but I don't think there's anything groundbreaking except like I said, that apparently statistically speaking, the residents of Chicago are the most heavily feed and find people in the country. Um, and I guess, you know, I might, I might ask for Braden's input briefly in that I know that Braden had a, a run in with the police at one point where, um, essentially you got as close to getting shot by the cops as maybe anybody but it was not as if you had created any victims i mean like how do you i don't know am i am i grasping at straws here Braden? but like you you no, stared the no. you stared down the barrel at one point right
5: yeah um you're completely correct and what i came to realize and accept and generally embody in my day-to-day life as a result of that is if the only victim is the state and the only benefactor from your punishment is the state, if in no way society is harmed or benefits or an individual is harmed or benefits, was anything wrong really done? So that's generally where I stand at it because Mm – like you with your life jacket, outside of increasing a degree of risk to yourself, were you hurting the family on their pontoon boat a hundred yards away? No. Were you causing the state any degree of grief? No, but they were benefiting from what you did.
13: Yeah,
15: it's
2: all about the revenue.
5: Exactly.
15: Well, they're talking about manufacturing consent and things like that. I mean, if you listen to Noam Chomsky, he goes through all this shit, and he tells you that basically anything that disturbs anyone else in any way now, is legitimately harming the state. That's what we saw with the masks. That's smoke, what we saw smoke, with the vaccine. It makes a people feel bad. You're not complying, yeah. okay? Now the state decides they're going to step in on behalf of the aggrieved parties, and they've manufactured this contract, right? And we're still under it because we have the whole CVID nonsense going on right now they they kind of backed off on it but we're still in a pseudo state of emergency where that contractual obligation has not been broken officially so we're in a we're in a bad time right now
2: free and poor you got anything to add before we switch gears
9: here i'm i'm just uh i'm along for the ride right now man
2: you're chilling bro (laughs) you're chilling i see you chilling well i've got a hard transition here a, a dramatic transition but it's actually going to be a bit of a callback to a previous WTF one in fact that I missed and I only just got around to listening to uh, a few days ago but um it's where y'all were talking about um MK Ultra and sort of all of the celebrities that have been like utilized and some of which have been broken by the sort of by the machine, if you will. And this is not terribly new. I saw this maybe a month ago, but have you guys all seen what Britney Spears looks like nowadays? Just watch.
7: That's
2: probably enough. I mean, okay, so... (laughs) I know this is... This is out of left field, but um, they broke her. They broke her. I, you know, she and everybody else that was a part of the Mickey Mouse Club, and like just the entire like, I I hate that we keep coming back to like celebrities on on the forum. But the truth is, they have a lot of influence on our culture, and um, and I found that that forum that I was not a part of pretty illuminating sort of all the connections between sort of celebrities and politicians and, and the power structure, the elites. Um, but apparently Brittany didn't make the cut. They, they hung her out to dry or something. I don't know. I just wanted to show that. Cause it's like, you find uh, that
9: a lot with, um, especially like child actors. Um, uh, yeah. they mm-hmm. just don't, they don't have the opportunity to develop like a normal, Uh, human existence you know especially humans being like social creatures they don't have average interactions it's always uh you know either being told to do something Mm -hmm. and expecting uh, a high degree of uh response you know and and you don't train children like dogs but you train child actors like dogs you know so they don't really have the uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for like um
1: I think what you're looking for is they don't have lives. They have schedules and deadlines.
9: Exactly. Yes. And, and it's, it's super important for the development of, of children uh, to, to have, you know, like-minded individuals and, and learning how um, social activity and, and public etiquette works. And then you get people like Lindsay Lohan or, um, you know, Amanda Bynes or Britney Spears who have been taught their whole lives to just do what they're told say what they need to say and shut up otherwise and it's it's so sad to see how how fucked up it makes them mentally you know it's a it's a it's a real shame
1: well there's there's definitely that part of it and then there's also the other side which is uh, a much darker aspect of uh celebrity culture that i think mike was alluding to which is that these people are deliberately conditioned to be this way, not just for the benefit of entertaining the public, but because they serve other more nefarious purposes for the people that are doing the conditioning to them. And unfortunately, what my research around MKUltra has revealed is that sometimes, like Mike was saying, they do go too far. And they do destroy people's cognitive faculties. And, you know, I I don't know this girl, right? I've never known her personally. I've never had the opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with her. All I know of her is what I have seen on a screen. If this behavior is legitimate and this is how she acts twenty four seven, then I have no no other way uh, than to conclude that, yeah, they they destroyed her mind. Maybe you can you can see it in the eyes. Like yeah, the yeah, the eyes yeah. do not yeah. betray.
9: It's like the the whole uh, the lights are on but nobody's home kind of thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just yes. completely devoid of human emotion.
15: Or somebody's
2: home and you don't want them to be home. Hey, you know what I mean? He, there's there's the transition I needed, Rob. That was the transition I needed because. This is what I was getting at with Britney Spears.
7: There's a 30 page CIA document that is a step-by-step manual on how to astral project and a bunch of secrets of the universe. They had this since 1983, right in the time for project Stargate, which allowed these men to remote view psychically spy at any time period, including the future. And the document also reveals that anybody can do it, but also warns that you might run into not so friendly entities. All you have to do is have a pair of headphones and relaxation techniques and you play one hertz frequency in one ear and a different hertz frequency in the other ear and it synchronizes the left and the right side of the brain. It also reveals that reality is just a construct of our minds, basically hologram theory. It also reveals that physical matter There is no physical matter, which this has pretty much been proven with quantum physics. And anybody who doesn't know, we're all just molecules. Everything we touch as molecules, our molecules go into that. Their molecules go back into us. And by quantum mechanics, we shouldn't be able to grasp it. We should be able to walk through a wall. So the way he describes it is that all physical matter is oscillating energy grid over oscillating energy grid orbiting at a very high speed. Which is kind of interesting because these 3D holograms that you can touch, that's exactly what it is. These little tiny beads orbiting at a very high speed, so high that you can touch it. You might be thinking, oh, well, that's an actual physical ball though. Well, is it? <laughs> it's just an oscillating energy grid over oscillating energy grid, tiny little one that makes up the larger oscillating energy grid, makes up the <laughs> giant oscillated energy grid that we live in, just a little fractal of it and okay so the funny thing about this document page 25 was missing which of course was the page that revealed how to obtain consciousness how to obtain absolution how to obtain god the forbidden knowledge since the beginning missing for 20 years and they claimed they never had it and then all of a sudden like when this stuff pops back up vice magazine an article about this mysterious, you know, page 25 and the ordeal. And then immediately after Monroe Institution releases the full port. All
2: right. So I know that audio wasn't great, um, but she was hitting on some interesting shit. Uh, stuff I haven't really looked into much. I wonder if anybody has any,
1: any, anything to add. I mean, she was hitting on a lot of stuff all at once and just kind of yeah. jumping and bouncing back and forth between things without uh, really staying too long on any one subject area really I don't know I, I just I, I always have problems with those videos because it's it, they they don't always do a very good job of identifying how they're going from point to point They're just assuming sure. that you trust that they know what they're talking about So the reason I brought it up, um, the whole, like the lights are on
2: and somebody's home, but it's Mm. not you thing like this astral projection, MK ultra mind control, um, sort of remote viewing all that stuff. Like, I think this is all kind of connected. Um, I agree. She did not do a very good job of actually explaining Jack shit, uh, except just bringing up a bunch of these concepts, um.
1: Yeah, which I mean, that's that's always a huge red flag yeah. for me. It's like, yeah, you're you're talking about all of these things that that make you sound intelligent, but if I were to actually have this, again, have this person in front of me and be able to ask them questions, would they be able to answer any of those questions? I don't have the ability to find that out.
15: The documents themselves are pretty vague, so they obviously left a lot out. They're not going to just... Spill all the beans to every Joe blow out there, you know? yeah um, but that's a lot of that stuff is real. I mean, they use those techniques. so, yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, there's there i've I've read books from people who claim to have been part of uh, the the secret remote viewing team for the u s. Department of Defense, and they tell some of the most fantastic stories I've ever heard in my life problem is i have no way of being able to verify any of what they say so at the end of the day i don't know whether it's a story or not and it's like is it
2: is it more men who stare at goats or stranger things as far as the abilities of right psychics go and whatnot right
1: and and not only that uh, there's other areas of the intelligence community who have done research with Uh, Microwave radiation and its effects on the human brain. And they have been able to demonstrate, and you know, I can provide uh, documentation for anybody who wants it, but they have been able to show that using microwave radiation, they can change people's behavior by literally beaming the radiation at their skull from a distance. The perfect concussion. They've been working on that forever, and oddly enough, rather than hitting
15: somebody in the head, they found they can do it with radio waves. And now they're doing it with terahertz waves, Um, and they're able to control people. Uh, I don't know if anybody's seen. uh, There's headsets now that have that capability. Mm -hmm. Has anyone seen those lately? I mean, holy crap, dude.
2: Yeah, they actually transmit their transmitter like they, they making they a person from remote your making a person remote control is that what you're saying they do or what do you well, mean? potentially hmm. yeah self help is
15: where it starts where it ends look at the research you'll be freaked out psychiatry yeah radio psychiatry
13: huh.
2: well you know
4: Disbursement, right
2: Sorry, what's that?
4: Proud person, they can or like serious
14: skepticism proud about the degree to which a person's practice. behavior can be.
2: That that delay is killing us, Tom. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're like three yeah. or four seconds behind us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
14: Anyway, I will I'm gonna jump out and then I'll try and come come back in and see if that fixes it okay
2: all right if not already said um,
14: a lot and i
2: thank you so it's all good all good Thanks. um so i've got i've got one more thing and then i'm gonna like kind of open it up um but just on the topic of like let's say generally speaking like mind control i think we all probably agree that this um this trans agenda is more or less a mind virus um, and I found this to be an interesting clip. I heard this on on No Agenda. Um, I've never heard of this lady, Helen Joyce, but um, I found this clip, and I just I found it to be, I, I think, like well said. I'll put it that way.
0: There's a lot of people who can't move on on this, and um, because that's the people who've transitioned their own children. So those people are going to be like you know the Japanese soldiers who were on Pacific islands and didn't know the war was over. Right. They've got to fight forever. This is is another reason why this is the worst, worst, worst social contagion that we'll ever have experienced. A lot of people have done the worst thing that you could do, which is to harm their children irrevocably because of it. Those people will have to believe that they did the right thing for the rest of their lives for their own sanity and for their own self-respect. So they'll still be fighting. And each one of those people destroys entire organizations and entire friendship groups. Like I've lost count of the number of times that somebody has said to me of a specific organization that has got turned upside down on this. Oh, the deputy director has a trans child or, you know, oh, the journalist on that paper who does special investigations has a trans child or whatever. Mm -hmm. The entire organization gets paralyzed by that one person. And it may not even be widely known at the organization that they have a trans child, but it will come out people will have sort of said it quietly. And now you can't talk truth in front of that person. And you know, you can't. Because what you're saying is, you as a parent have done a truly, like human rights abuse yes. level of awful thing to your child that cannot be fixed. There are specific individuals who are really actively against <laughs> women's rights here, and it's not known why they are to know through the back channels that it's because they've trans their child. And so those people will do anything for the entire rest of their lives to destroy me and people like me, because people like me are a standing reproach to them. I don't want to be, I'm not talking directly to them. I don't spend my time bitching about them. But the fact is that just simply by saying, we will never accept meat or males in women's spaces. Well, it's their son that we're talking about. And they've told their son that he can get himself sterilized and destroy his his, um, sexual function and women will accept him as a woman. And if we don't, there's no way back for them and their child. They have sold their child a bill of, goods that they can't deliver on and i'm the one who has to be bullied to try to force me to deliver on it so that so those people are going to be the people who will keep this bloody movement going i'm sorry to say
2: okay so i'm i'm trying to like pull some threads together here but what we were talking about as far as like, you cannot treat people like dogs. It's not reward and punishment. You don't manage people's behavior. You can't control their brains. The more you try, the worse, the result you train Britney Spears to be a pop star. You end up with a fucking crazy person who has no, you know, self-control. You allow your child to live in a fantasy land where they are told that, you know, every whim and, and, every thought is valid even if it might be fleeting i i bring this all together to say like it goes back to in my mind like the the disregard of our own autonomy our own uh, ability to self-govern and self you know self protect i guess it's safety over reality it's You know, we don't want you to be. We don't want you living in a body that doesn't jive with your brain. So we're going to change your body because your brain's, you know, more than likely correct, even though it's been programmed and meddled with. And MK Ultra. Am I making any goddamn sense here?
3: Yeah, she spent a lot of time explaining the sunk cost fallacy there. Yes. Yep. And um, and and yeah, this. I mean, this is something that, that we all could have expected anyway uh, whenever this started becoming a trend. Um, I mean, there's really... I, I don't know if I can elaborate more
9: on this.
2: Well, it's it's ontological shock. They were talking about this, I think it was the propaganda report just a couple episodes ago, um, that if, if an idea is so troubling to you as to disrupt your entire worldview, then you will reject the idea entirely, even if it means rejecting what is objectively true. You know, it's kind of like, again, I'm, I'm jumping from thing to thing a little bit, but I just went and saw the sound of freedom and it's all about the child sex, uh, you know, trafficking world. And the fact that people don't want to admit the reality of that. Because it's so disturbing, it causes so much ontological shock uh, to think that oh, you know, like all of these structures, all of these services, and the safety, and the government, and the police, and the CIA, and the FBI, you know, there's no way that there could be a multi-billion-dollar child sex industry in our world. You know, we have too many safeguards for that. It it it's ontological shock to accept that that can exist in our system because our system is not as good as everybody would like to imagine. Right.
0: I was thinking uh, about something
9: the other day um, when I was, I I was scrolling, I was doom scrolling as I like to call it and uh, going through videos. And I came across this one where um, a group of teenagers pulled up to this uh, family's fourth of July gathering throws a, uh, artillery shell right in the middle of the barbecue. It blows up. There's kids, you know, in close proximity to it and everything. And, um, the father runs out and shoots at the, at the truck. So, uh, there was disarray in the comments, um, arguments over whether or not that was a proper response. And, um, my question is at what point do we stop denying the fact that you have to Uh, preemptively uh, prepare for certain things, right? Because uh, there's a whole class and group of people who think it is better to deny full, you know, like there is a bomb thrown at these people. And for some reason there was an argument on whether or not that was an attack on them and whether it should be, um, you know, defended against. So my question is, how long do you deny until you react? Right, um, there's people out there that just, like you said, want to deny that there are uh, evil, evil, disgusting, demonic things in this world that are out to, um, you know, take advantage of children or women or what have you. And they, they, they just insist on thinking that's crazy. Nobody would ever do that. Why would you? Why would you even say that? Well, because it's a reality. And if you are going to sit and pretend like it doesn't happen you are more likely to be the victim of it. So sitting and acting like things don't happen is denial. And it's often a uh, trait in things like enable- enablers and um, you know, parents who are allowing their, for example, drug addicted kids to run off with rent money. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> you have to preemptively prepare for things. This is why we have intuition as humans. It's It's absurd but um, it's, a, it's a mental illness, in my opinion.
1: It is a mental illness, uh, and it is something that is treatable, but the, uh, the whole point of the leverage here is that these people are not being led to believe that what they have is a mental illness. They are being led to believe that this is like a superpower. This makes them some sort of hero, some kind of martyr. It, it gives them purpose, Right. It gives their suffering meaning because they they think that their child was was born with some sort of defect or whatever, which, again, is preying on one of a parent's greatest fears. Right. So these people are being psychologically manipulated from beginning to end. They have no idea that it's going on. And yet they have people like us uh, saying that they're the problem because they're the ones you know, perpetrating these heinous things on their children. They, they have no clue what's been done to them, let alone the, the gravity of what they have done to their children. And that, to me, is the greatest tragedy in this situation, is that apparently nobody is thinking about what they are doing before they are doing it in these situations. Or at least that's the way it seems to me.
5: And I um <clears throat> well me, actually read an interesting paper similar on a similar vein to what Drizzle was just discussing recently. That there was an Oxford doctoral candidate that wrote a paper that took population data, statistics, numbers, backed everything scientifically, and she found that in teenage girls there is a statistical Overrepresentation by statistic margin far wider than what standard deviation would allow for a reasonable person to be like, okay, you know what? Outlier versus exception to the rule. And she found that so many teenage girls do this that she spoke with leading therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists on the condition of anonymity in the interest of protecting their careers and they said oh yeah it's because it's so popular that society tells them that it's popular like you said you're a martyr you're a hero you bring justice to the world by being transgender and to a girl in you know a very vulnerable stage in her life at least that is my understanding of teenage years for a young lady, correct me if I'm retarded, that then and there you have given that individual purpose. You have given them something to believe in, something to fight for, and a reason to wake up in the morning and go, I'm special, I'm important to the world, and I'm doing something. Instead of, you know, I'm a dumb little bastard in middle school or high school that doesn't mean shit to anybody yet because, you know, I'm 12.
9: I was just having this argument the other day, and I know it's silly to argue on the Internet with people, and uh, I still do it anyway. But um, it was essentially that, uh, you know, there (laughs) – a lot of people want to act like the public uh, education system does not have any type of agenda, because of uh, all of the hands it passes through before it gets to the end user, right? But um, I find that to be completely false and completely ignorant to the fact that there are systems that have been in place for decades that are, uh, you know, very much directed at subverting the individual tendencies of children. Um, you know, you got all of these middle schoolers. I mean, <laughs> even, even in my own family, uh, I've seen that these, these young, young children seem to think that they need to find um, some sort of identity to set them apart, almost as if it's to fit in, right? So um, you have to be different to be part of the group, right? Um, and there's people that keep telling me, you know, it's, it's not like that. Why would they ever put themselves in a position like that? Well, because children, uh, people in general crave the um, the interaction and the um, the challenge of overcoming things, right? So, if you find yourself in a position where you are um, outcasted because you are just another guy or just another gal, uh, you might find yourself leaning towards wanting to become something you might not be. And um, whenever you get this, <sighs> whenever you get this campaign ran on you, especially as an impressionable child. Uh, you may think that you're something you're not. I mean, I thought I was uh, a ninja from seventh grade to uh, probably older than I needed to be. But <laughs>
2: I thought that's why,
1: just... why you wore the mask.
9: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you
2: still think you're a fucking ninja. Come on.
5: Hell hey, no. man, I am a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> hey, leave special needs bane alone, guys. That's right. But are you no a turtle?
15: Are you a turtle? That's the question. <laughs> Teenage uh, mutant?
9: Not right now.
2: Well, okay. I know I said I'd like open it up, but I do have just one more thing to cover. I'm sure you all have heard about this movie, uh, Sound of Freedom.
9: Yeah. Or maybe at least most most
2: most most folks have. Um, Mm -hmm. So I kind of like went down the rabbit hole trying to figure like how real is this movie? Right. Based on a true story. And they are fairly like. I guess forthright in admitting that the movie itself is a fictionalized version of what really happened, but that it is supposed to capture the, the general, um, spirit of what's, what's really going on. And I went and I watched it today and I will admit it was a pretty good movie. Um, it was emotional and captivating and, and I couldn't help but get sucked into it. Um, I bring it up because I still have this lingering question in the back of my head of like basically this entire story. It's become quite the sensation. It's it's rivaling Indiana Jones at the box office. It's a l- kind of small budget flick um, with a very like, how do we describe it? I mean, a very different slant to what we get from Hollywood most of the time. And it apparently it was filmed like five years ago, but there were just so many roadblocks to it being released. Nobody wanted to distribute it, this, that, and the other. So it's become kind of an interesting thing to try to get my head around in that part of me still thinks it's it could be like controlled op. It could be like telling us what we want to hear. It could be a lot of things I, I I'm still not, I don't have my mind made up yet, but I thought I'd share just this, this clip of uh, the lead actor, Jim Caviezel talking about the movie. Cause I, you know, I, I get the impression that I think Jim Caviezel a pretty genuine dude. This entire thing is built on the word of a guy named Tim Ballard, who the whole story is based around. Like he's the character that Jim Caviezel played. Um, and I'm not totally sure that, this this Ballard guy is worth trusting, but I don't know. I'm probably over analyzing the situation. All in all, it was kind of a cool movie um, about a really dark subject, that being like sex trafficking. But let me just play this, and uh, we'll talk about it.
8: But that I, um, that's so important because you can't that that's stuff that you got to put in this in the screenplay. You know that, that it has to be there, and and you kind of understanding who they are, where they've been and everything. And I always go to mass and I pray and everything. And I'm always looking at a corpus on a cross. And eventually, you know, my life, I'm going to, unlike you, I know I'm going to die someday, (laughs) but we all are going to die, right? So, you know, I, it, 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 I wanted the people to have the most real experience that they could have on screen to a certain point, you know? And then the other balance is, when you walk out of this film, your heart's on fire. This thing's unbelievable. It's an incredible movie. So we we can't show you all that stuff that I'd seen, but I can take you right to the edge, Alfred Hitchcock, and understand how real it is. One of the big things I was going through is Tim couldn't keep any of these agents for long because it was so bad of of with kids and so um there's a scene in there um so the stuff that i did get to see that made me weep um i started thinking about that and then, so what we did and for those of you who are going to see this movie and don't want to know about this part then shut your camera you know tell them mm-hmm. but uh We were shooting this, and I had this idea where we we took the camera and this particular scene, you don't see it, but this video, this man goes over and rapes this little girl. And how old? Seven. Um, And you don't see it in the film, but you see him start to make the move. And then I asked the DP... Not to tell Alejandro, the director, this, but um, I asked him shoot. So I took the video monitor and moved it into my eyeball so you could see my iris. So the eyeball is, you know, 20 feet in a movie theater and you see it start to sweat and you see you don't know. can't quite make out what's going on. And then the eyeball, uh, from what I'd seen, and the screaming is the hardest thing. The sound of it. This, that, this, So the sound of freedom, there's a sound that you hear from these little ones that is so horrific that you will never forget it. And for two years, I could never forget it. I had a friend of mine that came to my house, and she in the morning she's weeping, and she came over, her name is Debbie, she was hugging me Why? I said, well, what's wrong? You were bawling. I don't really, what was I doing? So I had been sleeping and I go to the, this dark place um, and I, my body had to process this out in my dreams. And a lot of them, I don't remember. Um, but I, I had to pray deeply, but the, it motivated me to want to get these sons of bitches and this is where I say it's the only unforgivable sin. They don't deserve to live any longer what they've done. Um, Jesus says, "Better a millstone be hung around their necks that they be cast into the sea that you should ever hurt one of these little ones these little ones." So uh, the film is fantastic that way. It's powerful it's uh Um, no studio can make this film this is um, the movie they don't want you to see and especially the devil doesn't want you to see this but um, um, when you are done people don't get up from the theater they sit like they did in The Passion like they did in Schindler's List okay okay
2: so, I will confirm that last thing that he said. Um, I sat in my chair. I waited till the credits were done rolling because there you know, it was made clear like there's
1: a message after the credits. it's It's interesting that he pointed out uh, Schindler's List as being one of those movies because I actually saw Schindler's List in the theater when it was released, and I did the exact same thing.
2: I also thought it was interesting. Um, this movie's been out for almost a week not quite came out on the fourth. So five days it's been out in theaters. This was a noon, a noon showing on a Sunday that I went to and it was full. It was totally full. There was only one other movie playing and it was Indiana Jones. Um, and I also found it kind of interesting, actually a, a decent portion, I'd say maybe 20% based on what I saw of the audience was Hispanic, which I just kind of took note of. Um, but this movie most of it takes place in Colombia. It's about a couple of kids that get kidnapped and sold into sex slavery. And like I said, it's clear that it's semi fictionalized, but you know, based on a true story. And um it's provocative, man. And like he said, it's the movie they don't want you to see. Now, part of me, I'll say my reticence is that I'm kind of I'm kind of sensitive to like Messiah Complex, right? and this guy legitimately played Jesus Christ in Mel Gibson's passion of the Christ. You know, he could be, it could be argued that he might have the whole like white savior complex, but you know, to me, that's the debate. Like, is this, is this sort of like cinematic, you know, masturbation just like, Oh, you know, good guy saves the, the Hispanic kids from the, evildoer hurrah you know or like is this actually kind of authentic um i think it's kind of bogus based or bogus exactly
9: i think there's um there's a select few films throughout history that specifically spark a certain feeling within most people who see it and it's it's like you said with like schindler's list for example you you watch these movies and you You experience in real time and in in visuals in front of you, the atrocities that exist in reality. It's like I was saying earlier, people would rather not know that these things happen. They would prefer to pretend they don't happen at all and they don't exist. But when you see something like that, it gives you this, this knot in your stomach and you're like, this shit is happening in reality. So you sit there and you contemplate on it. And I think that's why um, a lot of people are uh, hesitant to see it in the first place. But um, at, at, in general, I don't really feel like it's a campaign or anything. I think it's more of a, a message. And I haven't seen it myself yet. I definitely intend to. But um, certain things, uh, certain things set certain films apart. And uh, I, I don't know, I can't recall the name of the movie right now, but it's about, uh, uh, it's not all quiet on the Western front. It, it's something like that. But it's about this kid who goes to war in uh, the First World War as a uh, Axis uh, soldier. And uh, basically, you know, he witnesses like uh, burning down of an orphanage with women and children inside and he witnesses, um, you know, he he has to kill a guy with a with a dagger, and and um, you you see it all, you see it all happen, and it's terrifying, and it's one of those things that sit you, uh, you, you just sit there in despair almost, thinking, how how can I change this? How can I move away from this precedent that has been set by those before me? And and it makes you reflect a little bit. That's what I see coming from this. I think people don't want to think about children getting hurt and obviously it's a horrible thing to, to have to hear him describe and uh, especially for anybody who has kids you know I mean it's, it's awful for everybody but it just hits different whenever you're like it could be any one of us you know
2: so I I have another segment I will show you but um it was an interesting movie, man. It was a really interesting movie. And, like I said, there was a genuine emotional response to it. Like, as I left the theater, I actually saw, you know, a grown man, probably roughly my age, like crying hard, like weeping. And I couldn't help but think either maybe he was a victim or knows someone who is a victim, or, you know, the power of his emotion was like, palpable. Um he was sitting like two rows ahead of me. I didn't notice till I walked out, but he was like, yeah. you know, looked like his wife was kind of like consoling him. And um I'm I'm just saying um it's been attacked, right? Like this movie has been attacked from multiple sides. Um, they're calling it yeah, QAnon. No really yeah, they're calling it QAnon adjacent. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs>
3: Hey Rob, Rob, turn on your mic.
2: Yeah, Rob, you're you're muted. Oh, I've I've heard it called
15: anti-Semitism already. Yeah. Didn't take long.
9: Isn't that interesting how how you know <laughs> the question it's it's such an odd thing to say to, to raise that question. Like uh, okay, you're saying that this movie is anti-Semitic, but it's about pedophiles. And how it's bad to sell children into sex slavery, and it takes place in Colombia. So where are the Semites to be uh, anti against? I, I just, I, I don't fucking well, get it. His, his name was Epstein. It's, it's a. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go down that rabbit they, hole because. Um, well,
2: he actually, I, I think he he might address it in this clip that I've got, but um, they called Passion of the Christ uh, anti-Semitic film as well. And he, you know, he responds by what? saying, "Like, well, Jesus was Jewish. Like, that's that's how they're connecting it. I think it's through Kavizal, uh,
15: not yeah. directly to any of the material just yet. So,
9: yeah, and, well, and, and Mel Gibson, of course.
14: So, okay,
2: we're listening, Tom.
14: I mean, uh, 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 so uh, by the way, is that delayed cleared up? Is that delay cleared up?
2: Maybe it's a little bit better."
14: Yeah. I don't know. Um, um, so the, the, the issue with the passion of the Christ, um, why someone can make the contention that it's an anti-Semitic film has to do not so much with the film as the source material, namely the Gospel of Matthew, wherein uh, famously there's the, they call it the blood curse, where as uh, in the scene where the crowd chooses to have Jesus crucified in lieu of Barabbas. They say, may his blood be upon um, us and our children and our children's children, or something to that effect. There's a a definite passage of the Gospel of Matthew, which is then invoked in subsequent centuries to speciously justify anti-Semitism. That is, okay, these are the Jewish people, and they're the ones who crucified Jesus, and therefore they're going to be a pariah community. And since that... Historically, that text, which is then reiterated in parts of the Passion of the Christ, plays a central role in the realities of anti-Semitism, then you can, by extension, criticize the Passion of the Christ as reiterating it. There are other issues with that film, but that, just to clarify uh, why someone might, i mean, you, can, you whether that characterization is correct or not, that would be the reasoning in that case.
3: Well I mean Hollywood is their house and and that's that's why they have something to say about it. I mean are are you going to get them to or is anybody going to going to get somebody to rewrite Matthew? Come on it's 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 one of the gospels and that's how it went down.
14: Right, no so, it's more and, situational know, I mean, that, than it is. That's why they're
3: mad though. They're yeah, mad cuz they went into Hollywood's house and 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 said this. You can't go in their house and say it.
15: It's territorial. I'll buy that.
14: There are so I problems just with that film, but but we can get into that in another time. But I just did a whole anyway.
2: episode, a whole episode of my show. It was solo about uh Mel Gibson based or bogus. I dropped it earlier today, so I wouldn't expect that any of y'all have heard it. But um, to me, it's like
14: I actually think Mel G- Gibson is a sincere person. Uh Uh, but I feel that his theological commitments are problematic. He is very influenced by a particular, I think it was a late 19th century mystic who has a certain sort of set of visionary experiences of uh, the crucifixion and the passion leading up to it. And this sort of um, works with a very kind of, um, so the, 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 my understanding is that you could say, okay, are you going to emphasize the crucified Christ or are you going to emphasize the resurrected Christ, and depending on where your emphasis is, there you get sort of a different sort of shakeout theologically. And my reading of Gibson and his you know relationship and to the Passion of the Christ, and influenced by this late 19th century mystic and some of his other stuff like Apocalypto, is that he really wants to emphasize the 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 crucified as opposed to the resurrected Christ. And, uh, you know, so this gives wise to sort of, I think some weird conclusions, but I think he's a, I think he's a sincere person. And, uh, and uh, my disagreements with him would be of a formal character.
2: It's not so dissimilar from where I landed on the subject. I was kind of like, you know, I think he's honest. Like I think Jim Caviezel's honest. Um, I still question whether or not, Tim Ballard, the guy that the whole story revolves around, whether or not he may have incentive to exaggerate, you know, sort of as the hero of the story, right? Um, if again, this isn't
5: him jacking himself off,
2: yeah, right, right. The the whole messiah complex thing, like I like I said, I'm very sensitive to that. I just I want to put that out there as a possibility. Like this all boils down to the guy who wrote the screenplay, and it's a guy who wrote a screenplay about himself. Now, I'm saying this as a guy who wrote a novel where the main character was based on myself. So, like, I get it. I get it. Um, But when you're stroking yourself off as as the savior of all children, that's kind of a big deal. And there's Ando showing it off. Hey, dude! Twenty go, <laughs> but, yeah, I just um, want to
9: say that's kind of that's kind of my gripe with uh, American Sniper. Like American mm, Sniper yeah. is a fantastic film, but um, there is a lot of um, there's a lot of people who take issue with what Chris Kyle supposedly did or did not do. So.
2: What he claimed to have
15: done, he right. didn't. Right. He well, didn't follow command. We we know that should probably happen on occasion, but he did it. Oftentimes, in a really brutal and
2: inappropriate way, so I'll just leave it at that. Well, I'm gonna play yeah. this other section. Um, it's it, you know, I, I just think it's kind of illuminating. Just another couple minutes here, um, and then we can move on from this topic.
8: One day I was at work, she gets on the phone, she calls me, and she goes, Do you have any protection around there? I said, Oh, yeah, and I'll, I don't know. Maybe only two today. Where are they? They told me, and and well, in this particular uh, moment, they were on a mission. They um, took down a really big uh, group of guys, and they saved two hundred children while we were filming. So it was, it was uh, wasn't the safest place. We were at one point. We were in cartel, and I, I area, and and where I was shoot, where we were shooting. I went to go get my sunglasses and you know i had guys like you coming up to me and going you can't ever do that again they'll pick you up here in a heartbeat and uh we were in their uh territory what what uh what part of colombia were you in bogota cartagena santa mara santa, Ma- marta, santa marta marta
13: and then medellin oh you did quite the tour oh yeah yeah so let me just i don't know a whole lot about the film as it's not out yet but it's about from my understanding it's about the life of tim ballard what he's doing and what he's doing is saving children all across the world yeah. from being sex trafficked um well, it's exploited a, sexually
8: yeah so the, the the he um cia moves to homeland security and the the frustration is He's getting these um, pedophiles and these um, traffickers, but he's not able to save the children. That's what he really wants to do. Um, they were down in Colexico and um, where they took down um, the guy, Ernst Limpachinsky, the guy that I come in one of the worst trafficker pedophiles I've ever seen. And they picked this guy up and this little boy, about five years old. And he says, will you save my sister? And that is a question, it's like a mark on his heart and he couldn't, it, and he, it's like the Bible where Jesus says the kingdom of heaven, it, it's like a pearl. He would sell everything, do anything to attain this. That's what he did. He went down to Columbia, sold his house to hit the money what he had out. And he was 10 days of getting his pension. And he goes down to columbia to find this little
13: girl so it's like that's what that's what tim did yeah that's what he did i had no idea yeah. that's incredible yeah so they the uh
8: it, it it's taken the film but with a huge heart you know
13: so it's is the is the entire film in Colombia?
8: yes well i mean we oh, we shot it Parts in the U.S. and collects
13: at the border. Okay. Well. Let's talk about some facts. Sure. To go into sex trafficking, it's considered a modern a modern form of uh, slavery. The United States is the number one consumer and producer of child abuse content the department of homeland security estimates that child trafficking has an annual global profit of 150 billion dollars human trafficking has already passed the illegal arms trade and is going to pass the drug spurt, the drug trade about 2 million children are trafficked every year worldwide hmm. that's how serious this is that's just a few but that's just the facts. beginning uh, of it all i mean the
8: trafficking it, it's First part to the public, you know, I've learned, you get too far in front of the narrative, they, they don't believe you. If you were talking about trafficking around 290, when I was doing Monte Cristo,
13: you never heard about it. And, and it'd be conspiracy theories. Do you think this is getting bigger or do you think that the information is just getting out? Um, do you think, I guess what I'm asking, do you think it was always this? I think it's much bigger. You think it's that. growing? Oh, I think it's already bigger than that.
8: I think it's much bigger because I've talked to Tim about the numbers from other guys and then gone over to Tim and goes, yeah, I mean, those are those are good numbers and everything, but it's bigger than that because it, there's other forms of the business.
2: We've got a new member in the house, Recycle Bin Laden, hopping into the heat of the moment here. We're talking uh, sex trafficking. Sound of sound of freedom stuff. How you doing, RBL?
6: I'm doing great, guys. I was just listening to uh InfoWars in my kitchen and he was talking about this Jim Caviezel movie mm-hmm. about trafficking children. So um I guess I'm almost like right there with you, you know. Yeah, I was already thinking about it before I came in.
1: Dude, I'll tell you what, they must have the best viral marketing campaign that money can buy because I was just doing the announcements in the social ghettos for tonight's episode of Grand Theft World and lo and behold, the title is The Sound of Freedom.
2: So is this what they want us to be talking about? I mean,
1: kind of seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. So I have this
15: question in here for a second. Go Um, ahead. Did anybody catch the name of the big kingpin pedophile? Did anybody? Did you? And, or did? I,
3: I, I heard it sounded Jewish. I, I don't remember the name. <laughs> That's all Ernst
15: Lipschinski. Ernst in the film?
6: That sounds Ukrainian. It could be. Polish.
15: Well, Polish? Polish Jew. Yeah, maybe. I mean a lot of us were Jewish. i um, got a little bit left I over. Mean, when you're some... coming,
14: I mean when you dealing with people...
15: we're not condemning the people. We are pointing I out mean, you... facts and if that is where it goes and that particular individual happens to be Jewish so be it.
2: Uh, Beyond reproach, kind
14: of hazardous to like.
15: Uh, <coughs> it's hazardous to call this just, uh, we have a symbol careful. of hate. Right. Okay,
14: calculus okay. is not a symbol of hate. Right, so but they do it. Evil of this kind of magnitude.
6: They do it. Yeah, it's it's a third Who rail. Is they?
15: The media at large, if you're paying attention. The UNM professor that I just had to help a friend get fired from a job because she was saying he was exhibiting and indulging in hate speech over just the most trivial bullshit you could imagine. Okay, this steamroller is there just because you don't want to acknowledge it doesn't make it any less squishy.
14: So... i mean just to be clear what my apprehension was my apprehension was why is it necessary to point to the fact that the name lipinski sounds polish or jewish because it's irrelevant if he was in fact involved in these sorts of things and he's a person of you, cosmic evil and that it is sufficient you know, to, it's, to condemn him on those grounds alone we don't want to accidentally then sort of uh soil his ancestry, by associating his ancestry or the ethnicity or his religion with his own personal vileness.
15: Had he not committed the crime, now we wouldn't even know his impression. name. That's all. We, don't we wouldn't, wouldn't have known. Crime first, person later. Okay? The crime is how these people I'm not, I'm come not just, to I'm the not surface.
14: the vile character of this person. That's how I don't... I'm not yeah that that goes without saying I just was concerned okay fair enough anyway we, enough enough we should move on to another point for the moment
3: yeah
2: um yeah I you know but these are all the issues being brought up around this this film you know um it's 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 a bit of a lightning rod of sorts right now again part of me wants to maybe um have a healthy amount of skepticism. Like I I was talking to Stella Q the other day about um, about all this stuff and how, you know, Ashton Kutcher, he's another guy who's, you know, household name and he's involved in this like anti child trafficking stuff. He's got a um, foundation that develops software to help identify potential child traffickers to assist law enforcement. And he, he always quotes this, this statistic of between 100,000 and 300,000 American children are trafficked every year. And when I heard that, it kind of raised a little bullshit alarm in my brain. I'm like, that sounds like a lot. I mean, I'm not saying this is not a real thing and that it does not happen. But hundred to 300,000 kids a year? I mean, let's do some simple math. Like, over ten years, let's 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 say we'll will drop the needle right in the middle. Two hundred thousand kids a year, ten years. You know, that's two million kids. And if two million kids disappeared every year, we'd certainly be hearing more about it. Now, I think the number realistically could be in the tens of thousands, but hundreds of thousands. Like, so I me and Stella almost had this little like back and forth kind of debate about you know to me it's like this is a real problem this is pure evil but the the mission is not served by exaggerating it or over embellishing it or having this like white knight like you know Tim uh, whatever his name is bollard uh, saves the day like superhero movie necessarily like that doesn't I mean, are, do you get what I'm getting at? Like, it doesn't Mike, do us any good I will, I will to say, exaggerate.
14: Uh, I, I'm sympathetic with with your with your with your and sympathetic with your um, concerns regarding this film. Um, I mean, uh, and 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 with the numbers and so forth, and the fact that it becomes sort of the narrative at a time when. All sorts of other things are going on, right? It's just an incredibly convenient boogeyman. Uh, um, at the same time that you had the expansion of other things like digital surveillance, even be- things with global currency. And I mean, the list is extensive, and we're coming out of COVID. COVID. I don't even like using that word, which, which is just an excuse to expand um, biosurveillance and control, you know. So who knows what the reality is, but I, I sympathize with um, your concerns.
15: So this is a problem with government we're seeing, okay? Yeah, I mean, let's skip the Semitism issue, okay? The bottom line is most of the kids that come up missing were in the system at one point— And then they're not. Okay? That's the problem. And the problem is these judges just want to wash it away. And Chicago is a hotbed of it. Okay? Nobody knows where these kids end up. Chicago has probably over a million that judges have just said, seal the records, call it good. Don't know where the kid went. And it does start to look like we have a concerted effort to just wash this away just ignore these kids so maybe the reason why it looks like we have so many more all of a sudden is because there's been court cases where they've it forced them to open the records and let's see where these kids went so where and are the parents what, of I these kids I think is what's happening who cares cps what, comes, no no what comes do you mean who cares kids. where where CPS comes to get your kid. you can't do anything about it. You are powerless. Have you, you seen what people go like through with through
6: this? A school zone. They take your kid, sell them to a pedo, then the organs are harvested. Who knows, right? Like
1: CPS disappears kid every day. But what I'm trying Police. to say is if all right, let's let's just uh for uh the um Let's just take the number that Ashton, Ashton Kutcher presents as being legitimate. Right. And let's say, let's even do, uh, what, what Mike did. Let's say that 200,000 kids a year, we'll just make it a nice, even number. 200,000 kids a year are disappearing from the United States. Where are the parents of these kids who, you know, we're told that if, uh, somebody, somebody's child just isn't there one day, After, you know, having been there their entire life, the, what, the parents are just like, oh, well, I guess I don't have a kid anymore. Like, they're not going to ask questions. They're not going to try and and find out what happened to their kid. People
15: have gotten arrested for asking questions in Texas, of all places. Texas has been one of the the most abusive jurisdictions out there for this. Okay? The CPS, or they construct something via... You know, the police record or something like that. Take your kid away from you. It's business. Okay. The
2: kid is in the system. So Stella Q says she just dropped this comment. Some of them are sold. Yeah. Yeah.
13: Excuse me. Uh, Some of them Mm
2: -hmm. God bless. Some of them (laughs) are sold by their parents. I mean, it it is such a twisted world. That's it's true. I mean, I'm sure some of it is you know.
9: It's, so it's, my question is, um, when it comes to this like two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand number, my I, I'm wondering what they're qualifying as the uh, trafficking. You know, well, okay. Because so if I, you're talking about like a fourteen year old girl who runs off with her twenty year old boyfriend for right. a week, is that what they're qualifying, or is it people who vanish? Period.
2: So I did a little digging into where that number came from, and apparently Ashton Kutcher essentially was. Misquoting a study that claimed that between one and three hundred thousand uh kids are at risk. Not that they are actually trafficked, but that they are at risk of trafficking. Uh, so I just, okay. actors screwed up his lines, we're
1: surprised
2: yep.
6: children from DC. 2, well, so this is here. kind of my
2: this is kind of my point is like this stuff gets sensationalized, right? And, and we have to like, try to keep an eye on the reality of it. Like how, I mean, yes, this is happening. Is it happening to millions of kids across the globe? The way Jim Caviezel kind of just said it. I'm not so sure, you know, maybe, maybe I, I don't know, but he does even touch on somebody brought up organ harvesting a second ago. He actually touches on it here. I just found it. Um, so I went back a little bit. This might overlap, but I think I cut it off just a hair early.
8: You get too far in front of the narrative. They they don't believe you. If you were talking about trafficking around two ninety, when I was doing Monte Cristo,
13: you never heard about it. And we conspiracy theories. Do you think this is getting bigger or do you think that the information is just getting out? Um, Do you think, I guess what I'm asking, do you think it was always this? I think it's much bigger. You think it's growing? Oh, I think it's already bigger than that.
8: I think it's much bigger because I've talked to Tim about the numbers from other guys and then gone over to Tim and goes, yeah, I mean, those are, those are good numbers and everything, but it's bigger than that because there's other forms of the business. This is just what we know. Yes. On that part, I mean, it's um we've we've been talking about six million um two million at least are also involved in the organ harvesting and all the other shit that it that that's the stuff that it's just beyond do you they're cattle these are cattle it's like buying cows what do you do with a cow you know you milk them you do it but you also eat the meat and all that other stuff and and it's it's far worse than um, people are willing to go to but they Listen, it's not going to solve the problem by people. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, this is an analogy. I was uh, swimming in the ocean. I got into swimming and everything and um, on the Ridley Scott movie and I swam and it was kind of freeing, you know, breaking the cert and doing all that. But just that, that when you, you're, you know, I don't know how many hundreds of feet down or how deep you are. Some great white shark looking at you and going, is that a seal? What is it? And I say, God, please, please tell them I'm a human then or something they shouldn't mess with. But anyway, I just it, it and, and I I would pray in the water, you know, it just it's, um, it. And of course, the common sense in me is like, you know, you have a better chance of going down an airliner. But anyway, uh, I went out and was filming in South Africa, and I got to dive uh, great whites. It was fascinating. And every time um, they we, we'd chum the water, and then we'd throw a tuna head out, and the great white would come by. He never just munched it, ever, never, not once. They always bumped. And so I guarantee you that... If you were in the water and you got bumped by a great white, he, the guy said to me, what do you think they're doing? He says, they have a little brain. Yours is bigger than theirs. So you have to be smarter than them. And he said, yeah, but I said, they, you know, some of these fish, they're like whales are like two tons. And he says, do you think they went to school in the morning, mate? <laughs> do you think they sat there and said, you weigh 4,000 pounds. He's only a, you know, 200 pounds. No, you have to be smarter than them. So, what do you do if a great white bumps you? And I said, well, I'd be scared and I would swim to shore. And he says, you know how fast <clears throat> I can swim in the water? He says at 40 miles an hour. So the fastest swimmer in the world can out, out swim this. So that's the smart guy. Now, he's actually the dumb guy. And when you splash, 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 you are saying, come eat me. It's exciting him. He's saying, he said, "Oh, your food, okay. It's not the personal, yeah. It's, you know, but he's gonna have to eat you. So, if you program it in your brain that you're swimming and you think about it a lot, what would you do?" And he bumped you. If you immediately attacked him, because it's only an instant that he bumps you, and you scratch his eyeball or grab his gill, he's gone. He doesn't want to mess with you, because pre- this, these sharks, these great whites, in the womb. There, it's if there's seven babies in there, the winner is the one that eats every all of them. That's how they're born. That's how they are fed in the womb. Then they're born and they come out fighting. And so they know they, if they don't know what you are, they're gonna bump you to see what what you do. So think of that when it comes to children. All right, you you have four children. It's Fourth of July. You're sitting outside there and you don't want to know about all the bad things that are going on, your child's taken. You're never going to see that child again. Now, go to that mother and father and ask them, would you have wished you had some sort of plan that could have prevented that from happening? They're going to say yes, but they won't. They won't do it. And if you just looked around, the film is powerful because when you watch it, you learn Oh, these are the warning signs. This is how routinely it occurs. This is what they're looking for.
2: Okay. So I played that as long as I did, because it was hitting on what free and poor said earlier. It's on you to protect your own damn kids first and foremost. Right. And pretending like this isn't a problem is probably a bad idea as a parent. Like you have to be vigilant in guarding and looking after and, and, protecting your children he's making this you know he's kind of like me he talks in a big circle you know comes back to where he started which can be a little tiresome but I think he's making a good point here where it ain't going to be big daddy government that's going to save all these kids it's you got to save your kid every damn day
9: there's a uh, there's I I I I <laughs> Hold on, I'm trying to gather my thought for a second. Um, I feel like this kind of goes towards like the citizens of this country who feel like we should rely on certain public services because uh, it's always the, well, why would I need to do that when we have this? Well, because this is not always here, right? And it it feels like a a lack of responsibility and a cop-out. And, um, you know, obviously no one would intentionally put themselves at a disadvantage. But uh, they have been conditioned to think that being at a disadvantage is not as serious as maybe they uh, they ought to.
2: Well, I think we we lost somebody and gained another. It looks like we've got called Liberty in the house. What's up, bro?
11: I just had some fresh boar chops, like I mentioned. Nice, <laughs> it was fucking nice. sick, dude. They were really good. What well, we're talking about.
2: We're talking child abduction and all kinds of fun stuff. But oh, yeah. I think we, I think we might shift gears here. Um, there's one really wild topic that I hesitate to even bring up. Uh, so before I do, let me open the floor. Yeah, you know, we're two hours in. I've been dominating the shit out of this. But does anybody have anything they would like to discuss?
8: Oh boy.
15: Can I go ahead and interject real quick? Yeah. Okay, so we're setting the precedence right now with all these trans-capable events that are going on within the public schools. They're setting the precedence. They're manufacturing consent that your child is no longer yours based on your beliefs. So if you think child trafficking is going to go down... You're out of your freaking mind, and they will leverage this point over and over again, even if they have to lie, to gain control of your children and put them God knows where. Because as we've seen, kids are able to emancipate based on one visit with a counselor saying that they have some gender questions, and that you might not agree with them or you may pose a challenge to their viewpoints. That is now child abuse. So we are manufacturing situations whereby the state owns your children, de facto. You could say it's not in the law and all this other stuff. Where are the parents? You know what? The parents are now that public school and those counselors and all those other people that want your kid in a system that they can monetize, and that is the trans agenda, the system that they've built now to weaponize your children against you. So um, we can we can talk about kids getting taken overtly, but they're just going to do it anyway. They they've got another avenue now. Just make the kid confused. You can fake documents. How many times did they fake documents? Death certificates. Right? Punishable by felonies. Right? We saw this for the last three years. You don't think they're going to fake documents for a kid who might want to be transgender? They'll do that. Easy. No problem.
12: If
6: the right sweeps into power, they're going to put cops in schools and they're just going to put those kids in jails instead of gender swap clinics they're going to get your kids anyway
15: we have a bigger problem the school yeah. itself the government itself
11: yeah I was going to say it's important to remember that you know as long as public education is mandatory and punishable by jail time if you don't send your kid then your property like that it's already an issue it's been an issue for you know about 100 years now it's not necessarily a new thing
15: right but there and they're enhancing it. They're giving sure, it more sure. power. Sure. Yeah, to where now you could go to jail for disagreeing, for merely disagreeing about what might be a gender choice with your kid. It may have been a one-time thing, but just merely disagreement now
6: oh,
11: yeah. is no,
15: a crime, sure. and, effectively.
6: And that was, because that was a feature of Nineteen Eighty-Four: the children ratting the parents out.
15: And yeah, and also, um, where where do they leave the gun, Johnny? Where's your daddy's gun? Oh yeah. Does your daddy ever yell at you? Well, he needs his gun taken away, and you need to be put in a different home. And then the kid goes into the system and disappears, and that's the end of it.
1: What yeah, so- they even they did that in Mao's China. They was- turned the children against the parents, and and children were turning their parents in. To the Chinese Communist Party, that was, it was it was an essential
2: yes. part of the, the, of the cultural program. revolution. Correct. Separation world. of the gender or the uh, generations. Yeah, yeah. Brave Revive, New World also talks about
6: figure it. In the house is now the crazy conspiracy racist or whatever. Like
15: wanting a nuclear family is worse than having a nuke. Okay, that's how they portray <laughs> it right now. <laughs>
11: that's pretty huh. good.
15: Just get a nuke it was okay for Zelensky. You know, he's probably going to get the whiskey 30 attached to the eight tacoms at some point or another. And then, you know, the inevitable happens, right? You
9: Here's know, it's my funny. Uh, nukes oh. don't exist. Whoa. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it's a government. Psyop.
2: That's, a, that's a bold claim.
9: <laughs> <laughs> I have no, I have no reason to believe that or any uh, legitimate sources. I just think it's, uh, it's, ridiculous you, like really a seen, game over button that the president could just push give me
11: a break you ever seen tentacle porn it's proof that background radiation deeply affected japan real there you <laughs> go
15: even if it's not real the bottom line is they'll use it as an excuse anyway True. so
9: oh yeah fire entire city yeah yeah yeah
2: hey uh hey uh call to liberty how'd you What's get the link on? dude i just saw your text apparently i
11: slimed it don't worry about it I'm just
2: <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> free and poor hooked you up yeah, <laughs> yeah cool 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 glad so well you know on this powers. on this topic of asking questions you're not supposed to ask um i've been told i was having a hard time actually for a second figuring out who we lost and apparently we lost ando mm. i don't know where he went yeah. oh. um but ando told me that Charisse might have some input on this topic um, I'm just going to play this without telling you a damn thing about what we're watching because it's it's kind of kind of out
12: there. Here we go. Okay. believe that there is no land at the North Pole, just a bunch of ice sheets, nothing to see here. What if I told you that this is far from the truth? Not only is the North Pole home to the most exceedingly high mountain in the world, Mount Zion, the mountain of God, which is spoken about all throughout the Bible. It is also home to paradise, the Garden of Eden, which is still here to this day. Now prepare for a big awakening. This is one of the first ever maps created of the North Pole in the 1500s. I want you to focus on the middle here. You have a mountain with a river coming out of it, and then you have four rivers coming out of that river in the middle. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. You have the river flowing out of Eden, which is directly under Mount Zion, and you have the four rivers parting from that one big river. A lot of people think that God took the Garden of Eden to heaven, but why would he be guarding it with cherubims and a flaming sword if it was in heaven? Now back to the map, that mountain in the middle, it is called the Rupus Nigra. It's straight from Wikipedia. Rupus Nigra means black rock. Rupus Nigra is a black rock magnetic mountain located at the North Pole. Funny how the biggest investment company in the world is BlackRock. They know the truth. Not to mention, Rupus Negra is 33 French miles wide. Remember who loves the number 33? The Freemasons. So soon after this map came out, the map started looking like this. Unknown region. What is that? Here's your NASA satellite footage. Just a couple of big black holes in the center. Oh, nothing to see here. So here I am in Psalm 48. Look what it says here. City of our God and the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. Because it's in the center of the earth. On the sides of the north. So this mountain is the joy of the whole earth. And it is in the north. Look what it says here. Beautiful for situation. The beautiful for situation. The biblical usage is the elevation. right? This is an exceedingly high mountain. It's not the Mount Zion, which is in Jerusalem, which is only 2,500 feet high. That's a foothill. That mountain was named after the real Mount Zion. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain, he showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Where did he take him? Took him to the exceedingly high mountain in the middle of our earth, in the North Pole. Now here's even more proof. This is a live view of the wind finder at the North Pole. What is that big old thing there, blocking the wind? Guys, Mount Everest cannot even divert the wind. But there's something here at the North Pole that is diverting the wind. If y'all want a part two of this series, let me know in the comments. And if you guys are looking to be part of a community of people who know these truths, with myself included, we're going to be having weekly calls in my Discord. Okay, so... <laughs> is this
2: a bunch of crazy nonsense? I I have never heard about any of this but um i saw a few of these clips and ando apparently did too again like are we being shown things on purpose um but these old maps of the north pole i found actually to be kind of interesting um and like i said ando said that you might have some input on this well
4: there is a video out there of Trudeau saying that his dad, not Castro, his other dad had brought him to the North Pole and how that there was a city up there and he's so fortunate to be one of the elites that his dad could take him up there. Where did he take him? Into the black hole?
2: I did see that clip. I can confirm that exists. Um,
4: yeah.
15: So is he playing us or what? I mean, he's kind of a wacky dude.
13: Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I think we'll very, ever know. <laughs> I have a very I mean,
11: detailed map of the old world my, with a sea opinion. serpent in the Atlantic that I'd really like to show him, and I'm going to sell it to him as an idea. It's going to be profitable.
14: <laughs> I, so I don't know. I mean, that, I mean, my impression of the video is that it's, it's sort of naive. I, I I think that it it represents a kind of hermit, uh, kind of interpretive naivete like you're looking at these texts and then you're you're wanting to you know whether they're biblical or ancient texts or even ancient maps you're trying to read them through a very literal lens and what's happening is that you're necessarily going to misinterpret the the import of the text so i uh, the, the the tragedy is that i think that that is a reflection of uh, the digital age into which we've come where we've lost the sense of literacy. And when I say literacy, I don't mean just the ability to physically just read uh, something which is written in your native tongue, but to have a sense, a broader sense of the metaphorical, the poetical, the, the, the different ranges of meaning that are embedded within a text. And when you're, because we've lost touch with that history and that, capacity to be in a more uh, enriched conversation with the literatures and what have you, then when you go back to those literatures, you, 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 you're very severely impaired in terms of being able to hear them as they were originally intended. So we talk about Mount Zion and then saying, oh, well, look, that's just a foothill. Clearly Mount Zion was named after some other Mount Zion. Yeah. At the same time, there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in our philosophy. So, and, and there's so much more that we don't know than what we do know. But I, I, I kind of feel like this guy is, is working with the limited set of facts and, and doing the best he can with those facts. But I think his ultimate um, interpretation is flawed as a consequence of those limitations that's my two
7: cents
2: yeah i almost just threw this in just for funsies because i'm like this is so uh, this this is like we've gone through enough ontological shock that this is like now no longer shocking um you know
11: like the real mystery is why is the guy on the uh, other half of the video that just does this every once in a while getting yeah, the same yeah. amount of views or more than the actual video maker because
2: that's how i don't know tiktok i guess works the hype guy He's the hype guy. Yeah, right. He wasn't hyping. He didn't yeah. say
11: anything. He just made <laughs> motions. Well,
15: yeah, they do that. You key. know, you ever seen the guy dancing in the background, you know, when the DJs are playing? You know.
2: Stella, <laughs> Stella wants to know why nobody's allowed to fly over the South Pole, um, which, you know, I I don't know. That's not anything I know anything
6: there? about. It sounds it's they Yeah magnetic interference at the poles with instruments yeah. and that's why they don't put satellites over and planes but I well, think
11: part of the issue is also like driving a fucking v8 through the desert you're gonna run out of fuel and be like oh this was a bad idea yeah
5: and if you go down over fucking antarctica your pronouns immediately become was word exactly <laughs> <laughs> because as soon as you hit the fucking hemisphere line you switch
11: upside down like an australian and we're not built for that because <laughs> we're, you know we're all from the north.
4: How do the ships
2: work? <laughs> you know, I don't I'll, know, I'll put it. I'll put it this way: like, I, I interviewed a guy one time for my show, and he starts talking about like some flat Earth stuff, right? And I had no idea that he was on that. I had no idea. You know, I just knew him as like kind of an eccentric guy who thought differently and who had a way of, you know, he 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 was an interesting cat. You know, kind of like all of us you know a free thinker of sorts and the way he phrased the whole like flat earth thing he's like you know it's more just about like it's like a mental exercise in questioning anything and everything right and that's why i kind of threw this this north pole thing in there i'm like i don't fucking know what's at the north pole personally i've never been there i never you know made the trip so who's to say you know and if there are like blank spots on the map and in satellite images like that's a little sus um not claiming that this tiktok video holds all the answers by any means but yeah it's 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 a fun question to ask
5: so my yeah, no, thing with, with, like, with like the whole like, uh, like coca-cola to make more money off them
9: there there's like this whole community of like um not even just like flat earthers but like like the uh What's the, what's the dome over the The firmament, the firmament, the firmament. 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 That's what it is. So I haven't really researched a lot on it or anything. And, um, you know, a lot of them source from like biblical, uh, texts and stuff like that. Um, I don't, I I don't do outward, uh, Christian apologetics because I don't feel like I am informed enough. I've just returned to my faith recently. So it's kind of hard for me to articulate things in a way that sounds, um, you know, reasonable. And, and I can't particularly like defend the, the points that I'm trying to make. So I just don't do it at all because until I inform myself enough on them, I don't want to come off sounding like an insane person. So um, it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way whenever people pull from, uh, you know, scriptural texts and stuff, because um, <laughs> it, it kind of feeds that machine that, that uh, paints Christianity in this, oh, these people are absolutely insane kind of light. So uh, that's one of the reasons I don't uh, try and preach to people, but I also don't like uh, when other people preach for me. You know what I'm saying?
7: Sure. Yeah.
13: Yeah.
15: Does anybody else see the flat earth versus round globe dome, whatever the hell? Does anyone else see that as, in a way, thought, a a fallacy, the thought terminating speech fallacy? Just like when someone throws up their hands when they don't want to talk anymore and he says, well, it is what it is, or, you know, other types of things where the idea is to just have two people break off, you know, or you're an anti-Semite, that's thought terminating speech. Right, the idea is to break off the chance that any two people or any group of people may actually come to some alternate conclusion, right? That makes more sense than what's being put out there by either mainstream media or science, etc.
6: Divisive polarizing I, I agree with characterization the of, of how of the day <laughs> Twenty years at least in all the media.
2: What was that, Tom? I think the I think the, I the delay it, is still it, real.
14: It, it is lamentable. Uh, I'll just yeah. i just I'll just type the comment in the chat.
6: Um,
2: <laughs> go on, go on. I was just Sorry, going man. to
14: say. Wow! Oh, forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. I am sorry about the delay. I'm going to jump off after this. But I do think that that's an excellent point. That flat, um, That flat-earther locution is thought-terminating. It's like uses a label to shut down people, when in fact the best science really is dissident science. So I don't have a mm. position on the Amen. flat-earth hypothesis personally. But I, I think that, uh, it, just like the term conspiracy theorist, it's just used to negate a person without engaging the person. And in that respect, it's 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 definitely lamentable.
2: <laughs> Stella Q says we look like the Brady Bunch, and she suggested that I go in the middle, so I went ahead and did that.
12: <laughs>
2: hey oh <laughs> that's a better comment that I got from my
15: friend who's watching the stream. He said I look like your I look like Mike's retarded uncle. So
2: <laughs> well, maybe you are. Right, maybe cool you are. <laughs> Uncle Rob.
12: <laughs> well,
2: you know, uh, <laughs> we're, at, we're at almost two and a half hours. Uh, the floor wow. is open. We could discuss another thing or two, but usually we go two to three hours. So I don't want to drag it out. We've talked about a lot. But if anybody has, you know, last second thing they want to throw at us, uh, by all means.
11: Well, I think it's important to remember that there's literally nothing in the way. I mean, short of money. Like you can go explore the North Pole all you want. It's free real estate. You can fucking go up into like up into the (laughs) sky. I I saw. I read an article or like a like a wiki entry about a guy who's famous for putting fucking helium balloons on a lawn chair and floating up to like ten thousand feet. Like you can just do that. I mean, granted, you'll go to jail. But like, if you're really that curious, what's stopping you? You know, that'd be. I've
15: entertained that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Here in the shop. Robert Break out the, the welders and let's rock it. From
11: up? Yeah, he could do it. Let's
2: well, do it. Maybe we should. Maybe we should plan an expedition to the North Pole. Just, just the bunch of
9: us. Oh
2: fuck! Yeah? There's,
14: there's
5: an easier, Christ. smarter way to do it that'll make. Which one's fun the crazy. Fed? Which one of you is the Fed? <laughs>
2: <What>? <laughs> sounds like sounds like Braden's got a plan. What's how do we get there, Braden?
5: All right. So my plan is we create a shell corporation, and we hire some rich asshole to run it, and. Instead of doing Titanic expeditions, we do North Pole expeditions. We create a Zeppelin, make it faulty, have a bunch of other rich assholes pay a buttload of money to go on it. You know, I'm thinking tickets start like $300,000. And, oh, see what's really at the North Pole. Launch their happy asses over there. Something goes wrong. Hey, they signed waivers. No wrongful death suits. Mm -hmm. And we have a nice windfall over it.
15: So what you're saying is, it's it's kind of like the submarine shenanigan, but in reverse. We're going up rather than down.
11: Correct. I like this. And make sure with a you bunch of grift. Make sure you tell them that it's going to be a cash deal because if we burn that much money, we might be able to impact inflation.
0: Yes.
4: <laughs> Think of all the jobs it'll
7: create.
0: Yes.
11: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not the zeppelin building because obviously we're going to do that in Rob's garage. You know, with some Obviously,
6: you should use a balloon because no one cares. You can just float a balloon anywhere in the earth.
4: If China can do it, we can do yeah, it. Yeah, China Damn can right. do it. <laughs> I forgot we'll put, about that. Thing.
14: We'll
15: put CCP on it so that Biden and the rest of them will ignore it.
4: Yeah, um, I not wait at least three days. I was, it's always about three I'm, days. Yes. As I long as moved
11: you to Alaska. Three weeks later, this North fucking balloon goes down. Past all the right?
6: nuclear sites and sensitive like, Air Force bases and such. Free and poor anyway, anyway. Fed confirmed? Three, you, you, know, <laughs> you brought the balloon with you? Map the infrastructure out.
4: <laughs> and then we can definitely confirm or deny the curvature.
6: Yeah.
13: Mm-hmm. Or,
6: or the hollowness. Oh, yeah. You want to do another one. Hollow Earth theory. I think Hollow Earth is cooler than Flat Earth. And I think Flat Earth. I don't want to offend anybody, but I never I never heard of it until after 9-11 when 9-11 Truth was getting a lot of momentum and getting big. All of a sudden there were like Flat Earth comments thrown in. And I think it was to discredit a movement that was reaching a critical mass.
15: Shiny new thing. Yeah. Again, these the guys
6: were in there with their keyboards, like, well, it, yeah, 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 yeah Biel, Vodafone, Blatt, and flat Earth. Gu- it's a good way. It's a good Les, way to discredit trek. people. That's for sure. So,
11: that's,
15: what are we calling our front company? Are we calling it Skygate instead of Ocean Gate?
4: Hold on. Um,
11: what,
15: do, what do you think of that?
7: No.
5: Mm, no. It's got right, something totally ridiculous.
4: Air Titanic. How
5: about
15: how
2: about Hindenburg too?
15: Fly and die airlines.
14: How about that? Yeah, our slogan is ride be, or die. Ride or go die. wrong the second time.
11: Company in Arctic, CIA for short. We hit we put hits <laughs> out on various politicians. Who's,
1: That's uh, the winner right there. Hey, we CCP, can give John CIA.
11: Perry a free ride. Do you Think any taxes in the Arctic? Because if not, I'm going anyways. I'm so sick It sounds
15: and better and better.
11: Yeah. No taxes. We'll probably be able to just put a flag down and claim it. You know what I mean?
4: We'll probably be safe with all this global warming up there. Yeah, if the
11: fucking ice caps do melt, it'll be a fucking tropical paradise in 50 years.
2: Beachfront. (laughs) property, that's right, baby.
11: (laughs) All those fuckers will be paying us rent, dude. Just saying. We're preparing. That's right. Let's go fucking claim Antarctica, actually. I feel like the South Pole's where it's at. It's like, you know, an actual continent.
2: But you might fall off the edge. That's true. Or run into Nazis. Real
15: Nazis, <laughs> not the ones that everybody makes up. They but went the to real south ones. America,
11: yeah, not no. the ones with the. They boots. went to Antarctica. Yes.
9: Uh, <laughs> who who posted the video the other day where they were talking about like that guy's a literal Nazi. He's wearing a MAGA hat, and they they were like they were like <laughs> under the impression that Nazis were just Trump supporters. And <laughs> they never existed them. before. Oh that. my god! He pulled that the happens.
11: MAGA hat off. Did you see the one where he pulled the MAGA hat off and he has a yarmulke?
2: <laughs> that's a mind fucking, fuck
11: yeah was, well, hold on. was fucking hilarious
15: <laughs> about 50 percent of the ss had jewish heritage so uh let's not ignore that
7: yeah
15: it
11: was, a, it was an uno reverse card though it was a you know a shitty american being like well you're a fucking trump supporter obviously you're a nazi he goes excuse me the look on their faces dude it was it's like,
15: it it was had like a, ben
11: shapiro
2: you know? It's like grown up. It's like grown up. I know you are, but what am I? Kind of thing. Yeah,
11: exactly. Yeah. yeah. Ben Shapiro is the reason why he—he's like the stereotypical guy that makes you feel like all people that are like him will be annoying.
15: Did you used to beat him up? <laughs> I swear, to have, I had dreams about beating him up in grade school, just Dude, beating
11: the crap out of him.
15: I, I don't know why ben it's Shapiro. not good. It's horrible. I don't like myself for it.
11: The whiny easily voice just yeah, really, it's it, it activates so your bad. fight or flight and everybody else that isn't, you know, him is, is going to fight. I don't hear I like that. Like, in my uh, head. like everybody ben else like Ben I Shapiro?
9: Ben Shapiro and Dennis Bro- Prager. Ben
6: Shapiro each for five minutes because on each occasion, there was a dick on the screen. So I turned it off. Um, hypothetically, <laughs> if I just told
11: everybody in the fucking world that I couldn't pleasure my wife... um
15: Oh god, that too. <laughs> I mean, he's fitting the stereotype and I don't want him to. It's just stop, it's so dude. funny, dude. I don't need to know. If, you know what? Okay, so real story. Give me 20 seconds. Had a kid it. I used to hang out with when I was in grade school named Mitch. Okay? He had to have special underwear and he just so happened to be Jewish. Okay? Oh, we used to shit. play Dungeons and Dragons. And he freaked out one day in 3rd grade about the fact that his special underwear wasn't clean and his mom made him wear the, the underwear he didn't like. And he took it off in the playground in, in like right pants? next to me. And I'm like, holy shit, guilt by association. Oh, my God. I swear to God, that that scarred me and ruined my whole third grade. Right then and there, everyone's like, oh, you're the guy that helped Mitch take off his underwear. No, no, how did that happen? That wasn't me. I ran <laughs> away. It didn't matter. I was painted with the broad underwear releasing brush.
11: You're more you like 50 years. Too uh, early. If, if that happened now, they'd call you stunning and brave, Rob.
7: Yeah. <laughs> true. I wonder true. if I'd
15: go back and get credits. Can I yeah. go back? Oh,
11: yeah. Yeah. And claim credits. those
15: credits, them you goddamn just, social credits. I need those. Yeah. The only I need trouble, a lot of them.
11: The only trouble is finding a school <laughs> where the public school teachers aren't already undressing the children for them. You know what I mean?
15: Well, yeah, now it's a thing. You know what I mean? Back then, he got the shit knocked out of him with his underwear off. <laughs> he got punched <laughs> with his underwear mostly off. It, I just... It clearly oh, still... It's still Why me the it. old adage
9: that you don't fight the naked guy. You, a, a <laughs> you well, can't... He had TV. his
15: pants still around his ankles, so they took the did opportunity to off? hook him. No, he take his
9: shoes
4: that was first the now? problem. Just
15: that shoes was the on, problem. He, he didn't... Okay. Okay, he didn't want to ruin his new socks, but oh, the God. underwear had to go.
5: Wow! So, Dog.
9: Dog. yeah, he no
4: underwear, but not wrong underwear. Yeah, and
11: Rob, and Rob how does socks. this make you feel? In, in in hindsight, looking back on your <laughs> style. Feeling.
15: I had some shit to go through, man. I really like the kid. His I was going to say to me, the two of you, we were, do you we keep used. up? His parents didn't like because we weren't Jews, but really cool dude. Like, had an IQ of like 130, 160, something like Jibbert. that. But, did you ever uh, tell his uh,
4: parents back at
11: you?
15: No.
4: <laughs> How was the rest of his uh, grade school experience after that?
7: Oh, uh,
11: I
15: have no idea. Uh, we left rough. the district after that, went away.
11: Thank God. <laughs> so, Your parents were scared you were going to catch homosexuality.
15: That was parent. Or crazy. Parent. One parent. Oh, okay. And a car. We were living in the back of a car back around that time, and oh, yeah. uh, surfing couches and shit. So yeah, yeah, you
11: can't be taking people's pants off if you live in a car. No, it's, just it's frowned upon. Slope. The degree of
6: difficulty increases.
11: How slippery!
15: What made it slippery? Wait a second. Where are we, we
6: going with this?
5: That? So it he helped another little kid take off his pants. By today's logic, you probably had to register on a certain list, and at that point, you probably had to go around and introduce yourself to all your neighbors. he was in third grade too i was in third grade when you moved to a new area did you like have to like go up and down that street hi i'm three-year-old rob (laughs) (laughs) when i'm around
15: jewish smart kids underwear comes off i don't know why
1: it's just the the ironic thing about this is that now what happened to rob on the playground when he was a little a little kid they just call that English class now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Boy, right. or <laughs>
2: or, 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 um, <laughs> or book book time at the at the local library with your local drag queen
11: story hour. Or diverse or and that's
2: what I was at, story hour. Yeah, yeah. diverse <laughs> yeah. and proud. Yes. Oh my
4: God. Now, That's me. now you wouldn't have to go and introduce yourself as a pedo. Now they go and introduce you as the brave one. Yes. They'd be like, this is our
9: brand no. new gym coach. We're here, <laughs> say, we're I'll queer,
2: and we're coming for your children. Uh, my gym coach yeah. was oh, a Oh, shit.
9: I got something. I, fucking. I got uh, something to say. Can you hear her- me? This, this fucking dude days. earlier <laughs> sent me this shit uh, in the comments. He literally, here, I put it on my story. It says, your kid isn't going to share your mindset very long. Don't worry. We'll educate him properly.
12: Things oh, that a soy boy. boy would
9: never say to someone's face and would absolutely get them fucking demolished.
11: Holy his, shit, his the internet jaw, is a his great jaw place. jaw has got to be made of glass. Mm-hmm.
9: Oh, my God, I would
4: dude. pick up a mailbox.
9: Oh, it's insane. Oh, you know, it's mine. absolutely insanity. And that's the first time somebody said some shit like that to me in a long time. But, of course, I've been engaging a lot this week. And... I probably shouldn't be, but you know, it, it's I, neither here nor there. I Some think I got a really good response. To you in person.
11: I think I got a really good response prepared. Hold on, I, it's going to be a whole soliloquy. Give me a second. Oh God,
9: this is never. There we go.
15: He's he's winding it up. RBL, you you he's were about to props. say something there.
11: Yeah, I'll wait. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like so that. when somebody threatens your children like that, my favorite response in a speech is, you know,
9: <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Let's go. I fucking knew it oh <laughs> yeah oh god bless.
11: you're curious legend so, Don't ever. i'm an ancient
6: old man like i'm that. 43 when i was uh 17. i ended up on the streets hanging out with some kids and um one of the the guys that was like a acquaintance or whatever he was mid-20s and he was always with 13 year old boys and uh, it was accepted by the punk scene because he was gay for some fucking weird reason. You know? Yeah.
15: Like, I've seen that. Well, mm-hmm. they're gay, so
6: it's whatever, dude. Like,
15: the, uh, the it, so it started
6: way a long time ago. Like, that was a thing yeah. then.
15: Punk rock patriarchy. And as a matter of fact, Obama yeah. even speaks to this that, you know, the punks and queers tended to gravitate you know, of which you know, I was more of the the punk ilk I used to go to those shows at like the Aragon Ballroom and Cubby Bear in Chicago and that. But there was there was creepers, older guys who should not have been in close proximity with all these younger dudes. And we all kind of just knew we knew what was mm. going on, you know.
1: -hmm. And that's right. You're you're
15: absolutely right. uh, And
6: and he'll buy me liquor. And, you know,
15: yes, that was a thing.
7: Yeah, Yeah. I grew up in the punk uh, scene as well in New York.
1: Yeah, but Obama was the punk. Big Mike was the queer. And then they pressure Uh them and
6: tell them, you're gay, you're gay, you're gay. And they're young enough that they're not sure what the fuck's going on hormonally. So it's kind of like molded.
15: That's where I learned. About the gay witch trial, you know what that is, right? That's where the older gay and the guy actually would proselytize. That's where the older patriarchal gay dude in the scene comes to you and says, "Well, you know this, that, and all. You know, cool. You know, did you ever think you're gay? You know, did, do you ever wonder if that's mm-hmm. what you know why you are the way you why things don't feel right? Uh, you,
6: don't you know, feel, you don't get along with your parents. You have trouble uh, at school, and you're sometimes that, sad."
15: Yep, that's it. You get know, a weird gay
6: pecker, and you don't know why when you're riding the bus. And, and yeah, I and, diagnose you. Do with you like gay. sandwiches?
15: Sandwiches may mean that you're gay. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I mean that's stuff? how bad it gets. So they start. Do you, so do you like gladiator anime.
2: movies, Johnny? <laughs>
15: yes. Exactly. You ever you it ever hang cool.
2: around the inside of a men's locker room?
15: <laughs> that is real. <laughs> that is real. <laughs> that line of questioning is really how it
11: goes. Yeah. yeah. To an extent. You know what to kiss so, you the way Tom Brady kisses his dad, <laughs> right? Have you ever made
2: <laughs> out with
15: a dude? What, what does that have to do with anything? have you well, ever have you know ever seen gay? a grown
2: man naked, Johnny?
15: Yeah. <laughs> how, if you've <laughs> never had a dick up your ass, how do you know you're not gay?
4: Have you but ever seen, you seen a third, third grader? Yeah, yeah, You're
15: gay. <sighs> you're gay. You know, you dunk the witch and she dies. Well, then she wasn't a witch. You know what I mean? That's it's it's a gay witch trial. It's really bizarre this head fuck that did play out, you know.
11: The worst, the worst, co- the worst part of that. I mean, and gra- granted, I, I know what you're talking about. But the worst part is that certain trauma, especially of a sexual nature like that, can cause. Yeah. I'm not going to say like you're rewired, but it can cause you to be that way. If that it has sense.
1: psychological implications, regardless. When, yeah when you yes. when
11: you traumatize someone that way there's a switch that can flip and sometimes your coping mechanism is to surround yourself with more of that thing. Like, you know, as if
6: you intended it to happen.
11: Yeah. Like cyclical, you're in control, you know, like those women that like seek out shitty partners because it's, that's like, they're trying, it's a thing. Like everybody I think knows this, right. That can happen in those situations as well, where you're seeing people gravitate towards, you know, uh, you know, an older gay man like that for that reason
4: and there's also probably the shame where they're like ashamed to maybe go towards women because they won't feel adequate because of what happened there's a common
2: there's a common sentiment among like straight dudes where it's like man how how much easier would it have been just to be gay yeah like we we could just fuck each other you know like Yeah, (laughs) women women are no homo, no homo, no homo. But like, wouldn't you just love to be gay? No, but like, get along
4: so good, there might be
2: something to that because, yeah, women require like a little more effort, perhaps, you know.
11: Like, imagine just knowing what you're gonna have for dinner every night, no argument. Yeah, how about that one? Whoa. I have a friend that said
4: two lesbians will be miserable together, but two gay guys are the happiest guys ever. Right?
11: right <laughs> yeah. Look right, at right, that. look at the domestic always. violence fucking rates in lesbian relationships. That'll tell you something.
15: Look at them in uh, male, gay, le- gay gay, uh relationships. So, I mean, it's I bad.
11: Think, yeah, I think that there no are, relationships last. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of bad bad relationship stats but the, the specifically the lesbian demographic is sky high i think it's like a 53 or like 60 percent almost oh. there's I've a lot of abuse
15: it. in yeah. that scene a lot of abuse
11: i've
2: heard that yeah.
11: yeah well you ever get into an argument with your wife and you want to hit the fuck out of her i'm not saying i have i'm not married just imagine if that's both of you doing the same thing you know you're both like <laughs>
6: God damn it.
11: i
2: missed i missed you i missed you liam i'm so damn. glad you're back hey you know we we are we've been off the rails though for a minute i think it's time we wrap this bitch up what do you say guys and yeah, Gal. That's,
11: that's that's kind of what i was getting at you just sometimes you just want to so <laughs> no. you
6: want. <laughs> slam
15: it's it in
2: there, there. all <laughs> right well let's let's go around and uh we'll we'll say our our plugs and our goodbyes uh i guess since i'm in the middle i'll go ahead and get mine over with and then maybe we move to rob but this is mike the polymath easy peasy podcast easy peasy dot itty bitty dot tips uh if you want to buy my book or support the show and i'll pass it to rob
15: this is black labs rob here at the black labs and uh we're on Spotify, Black Labs Podcast, on Telegram, Black Labs Podcast. And uh the only place you're gonna see us is probably on here. And uh, also blacklabs.net. Um, I need to up that update that very badly. And uh that's it. Let's pass it on to Braden.
5: Well, uh I guess that's it for me, folks. So I'll uh, see you in the funny papers and the next time I forget to take my meds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's nice. valid. Uh, well, I uh, have been the Drizzle for almost the last three hours now. Uh, and you can find pretty much everything associated with me at manufacturingreality.org. Uh, I do host a little thing called Liberty Radio every saturday and now wednesday evening uh so come and check us out and uh see what we're all about
11: are you on uh, instagram at all
1: no no Tele- as a matter of fact i have i have no affiliation whatsoever with uh anything uh that zuckerberg has his uh his grubby little fingers on smart, so, smart are
11: you, you on telegram yeah.
1: yes yes okay. we do have a telegram channel <clears throat> all right and it's public
10: awesome dude. cool yeah that'd
9: be cool and poor okay all right this is uh free and poor you can check me out on instagram and youtube at the same name uh you'll find me more often than not on instagram schizo posting and on youtube doing preparedness videos fitness videos stuff like that um i have kind of fallen off of my podcast train and uh Called liberty and i often talk about doing episodes and just uh don't so (laughs) hopefully sometime soon me and him can get to that but yeah uh free and poor pretty much on everything
2: and check out his youtube uh give him some more views
9: did you
11: guys give him a a congratulations for being one of the first and only amateur space pioneers he's one of the only people to ever send a you know miniature capsule into orbit
1: oh nice for the, yeah for those
11: hey. who
9: don't know um yes i sent a ballistic helmet into low earth orbit it was an accident <laughs> but, but i did it It was
11: awesome is what it was
2: <laughs> was was that your was that your episode where you tested the helmet um because i watched yeah, that, that was, but maybe uh, i didn't it watch going, it till the end
9: they they didn't let me put it on youtube so it's on my backup instagram
2: oh shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming a big old bottle of Tannerite was involved or something.
7: We'll leave
2: it at that. Yeah. All right. Sharice, what's up with you?
4: I am just Sharice. No podcast, no social media. But thank you for joining the Brady Bunch.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Call to Liberty.
11: Call to Liberty. Y'all y'all kind of know me. I've been here a few times. Hang out with uh, Mike and Free and Poor most often. Uh, you can find me on Instagram spoofy. You can follow me there, but more or less just hit me up on Instagram. Follow my, you know, dank meme posting and alcoholic posting content. It's it's my only lifeline.
2: <laughs> RBL, what you got?
6: I'm just existing. Um, lo- losing friends because I say oh. stuff 8 to 12 years before they're ready to hear it. Yeah, uh, buddy. So then... I'll jump at any chance to see human faces. That's nice. I got hey. a tennis, I got like a soccer ball named Wilson. I just shaved my head though. <laughs> <laughs> Hell oh, yeah! yeah. <laughs>
2: hey, us, us schizos got to stick together. That's that's for sure. Hey. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure. Um, another WTF forum for the books. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna line up the the outro music. Should have done that already. Here we go. And uh, we will catch you next time on the WTF call. Thanks for coming.